ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 61 of the Whatevery Show. Uh, we've got a special guest this week, um, who you've already met if you've listened to any of our old episodes. Uh, that's Bryce. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hello. Episode 61, this is like, this is, uh, the podcast has officially reached cougar age. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Yeah, it's ribbed for your pleasure. Um, wait, is that, 61's kind of old, isn't it? Like, even, even Yeah, that's, that's more like gilf. A little bit, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's it starts to, it starts to get weird at this point. Um, no, yeah, you're, you're firmly out of the mainstream. Like if if you got more gray hair than my, than I do, you're, you're getting up there. Shit, dude, you're like the second youngest person here. I know, not not including Natalie, but, but you have. Well, but yeah, but I look at your luxurious hair though. You still you still retain your color, but I don't have much of it. Oh, like whatever <laughs> trade-offs you know yeah. i mean there's yeah. that there's that whole thing where it's it's a lot thinner than anybody else's so well yeah. Yeah. Bre- yeah. Bryce and i could probably compete for the gray he's just got more on top mine's all of the sides like when i cut it it looks like it, it's you, you got like i look like a 400 me- year old man yeah um anyway this week we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff we got some depressing news um with some um famous and, and creative people passing we've got lots of news in the dc universe we're going to talk about some more flash movie clusterfuckery um we lost another director uh, that just hitting the ground over there at the flash movie i guess um, and some record-setting tv we've got record-setting tv we've got uh wonder woman in dc uh again wonder woman just had a new trailer come out spoilers it's really cool um Marvel, uh, we've got some follow-up actually a little bit from our Deadpool losses director thing. Uh, we also lost the composer for Deadpool Junkie XL uh, dropped out. There's more to that. Uh, Chris Claremont talks about X-Men in the comics and the state of X-Men today. We've got Simpsons news? What the fuck? That would be the record-setting TV. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, it's in there. I, I guess we're going to talk about the Simpsons. Uh, we're going to talk real briefly about The Walking Dead number 160, um, our typical TV roundup, and I have to switch the laundry when this podcast is over. You're not wrong. Let's get yes, to it. We'll all remember. Now. All right, so let's talk. Uh, let's let's open in the the show on a nice, bright. Uh, I mean, horribly depressing. Uh, yeah, loss yeah. of so of great um, people. A couple people died, and actually, I feel like shit because these people actually died before we did our last show, and I just didn't fucking know about it. So, um. Mm-hmm. A week and a half ago, two weeks ago, we that. lost uh, Steve Dillon, who is a uh, pretty well-known comic artist, actually. Uh, and if you don't know his name, you certainly know his work, because uh, he was an artist for The Punisher. Uh, he was an artist uh, for, uh, shit, Hellblazer. Hellblazer was a I big one. He was Creature was a big the one. first artist for Hellblazer, if I'm not Classic mistaken. stuff, yeah. He did um, 2000 AD, which was not immediately recognizable to me, uh, but that that's a title that features Judge Dredd oh, pretty heavily. I remember heavily. that one. I remember that yeah. one, yeah. So, but I mean, I think probably Preacher is the biggest thing he's known for, especially since it's an, an AMC TV property now um, yep. as well. So people not out, oh, outside yeah. of the comic oh, yeah. book uh, sphere are, are even familiar with, with that work. Um, yeah, really good stuff. He did a lot of stuff in black and white, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, if you're a penciler and whatnot, that's that's kind of what you do anyway. But like he did a lot of stuff that actually never got color added to it. He did, he did a lot of black and white um, finished work. And it was really good. So, yeah, I kind of think that that the, I don't know if I were a penciler, I'd kind of think that'd be a good way to shine. Like, because that's really all you can pay attention to at that point is is pencils. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's he's certainly going to be a guy that's missed in the in the comic book world, um, and and I'm certain by other people as well. But at least for us, that's that's how we know him. 
Yeah. Um, we also lost actor Michael Massey. Um, hopefully I said that right because I got it wrong earlier. Yeah, Michael Massey, this guy probably had the the worst last 23 years of anybody's life ever. Um, he's an excellent character actor. Does, mm-hmm. does really good work. Um, most notably, though, he played... Um, God, what the fuck was his name? Fun Boy. Yeah. Uh, in the oh, movie yeah. The Crow. Mm-hmm. Um, and... For those of you who may not know, um, when Brandon Lee died, he died on set, and he died because um, of some ammunition that was loaded incorrectly and, and some prop guns. He's the one that actually pulled the trigger that killed Brandon Lee on set. Turn, uh, yeah. And, Turns out, killed Brandon Lee, it's kind of hard to find work sometimes. Yeah. No, he actually <laughs> found work after that. It wasn't, yeah. it was, it wasn't anybody Epic else Dolls that stigmatized or... him. Like He felt mm. worse about it than anybody else. And I... Yeah. I I mean, I get where the guy's coming from, uh, but at the end of the day, it to- absolutely wasn't his fault. But I mean, I don't know how I would handle it either if that was me. You know? Oh, it's it's shitty yeah, for it's... pretty much everybody. So that's like, who who didn't probably find work after that. Whoever was in charge of props that day, I would hope. Oh, yeah, fuck. fuck. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, we will miss you, friends, and 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 uh, you know people we've never met before. But uh, you did cool stuff while you're alive, and we're bummed that you're gone. Absolutely. Um, now on to some more depressing news. <laughs> <laughs> well, depressing if you're a DC fan, because if you're a DC fan, it's really hard to look at any news coming from their movie universe. Um, well, we do have a bright spot tonight, I think. Uh, but anyway, we'll open it up with the dark spot. That's uh, The Flash. The Flash movie uh, coming out in, I think, 2018 has lost its director for a second time. Yeah. Um, so we reported on this earlier in the year. Uh, they had brought on uh, the director of the movie Dope. That is... Uh, Rick, Rick Fum. Famuyua, I think. Famuyua, yeah. Famuyua. who um, I think at the time we were pretty excited about because Dope was pretty well received and it seems like it was going to be a good movie. Um, And uh, nope, he's out. Uh, There's some... He he left with one of these sort of... totally routine like parting of ways like well you know it's great to everybody was involved but i can't do this because blah 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 um you know totally professional but you you could almost sell almost tell that he wanted to sign the letter with like oh and eat a bag of dicks everybody else because <laughs> it was like that type of letter like when you know that it's just sort of like a yeah because i don't want to burn bridges sort of thing yeah do do you think this is this is DC slash Warner Brothers Entertainment not knowing how to handle uh, absolutely this yeah that was kind of my impression as well I I don't know man I I listened to a really interesting podcast um, earlier this week uh, it wasn't this one <laughs> obviously <laughs> no it was it was actually an episode of the Nerdist and one thing that I've noticed lately is that Chris Hardwick is really good at interviewing people and really good at actually um, oh yeah yeah, yeah totally expositioning on points that people don't normally make. And one of the things that he was talking about was um, people that hate something that try and make other people hate that same thing. And so I'm really trying not to do that. I'm making a conscious effort not to do this with the DC movies because I don't, because it's not for me. doesn't mean it's not for Bryce or you or, or whatever, anything else. Mm. Um, but fuck man, it just seems like those guys have their heads up their asses over there. Yeah. I was just going to say, it may not be for, you know, you or for me or for Bryce. Uh, but it also seems like it's not for like 80% of the audience. Cause they're, they're turning in some pretty shitty rotten tomato scores I, I, and Metacritic scores and all, all you know, so yeah, they're, they're just all over the place. Like the, the films don't flow together very well. But not one of them yet. No, and I read some. I read some disturbing news earlier, and this is unconfirmed because I haven't been able to source any of it. But I, I did read some online rumors that the Batman script is a mess too, and 
Warner basically was confronted about it by by a guy in a meeting, and they're like, "Well, here's the thing: we really don't care because it's going to make us a billion dollars anyway." Oh yeah, the, yeah. I mean. That is kind of the the thing that pisses me off a little bit about this. It really doesn't matter what kind of movie they crap out because they can do five more of them before anybody stops going to see them. Well, the Batman thing doesn't bother me quite as much because ultimately this is kind of Affleck's baby and he's not going to do something that he's not comfortable with. Mm. Uh, no, he won't do something shitty. Yet. Well, at, at this point, we've got Affleck and... Well, I was just going to say... Reindeer Games. Uh, <laughs> reindeer <laughs> Games. Reindeer Games. Uh, but we got Affleck and Jeff Johns. It, it, both, uh, you know, who who love the character and, and especially Affleck who really, really wants to do right by the character. Can uh, I just I, point out to you guys that Reindeer Games did feature one thing that like not a lot of films have and that is Charlene Theron's boobs. Fair. And also, uh, how about paycheck? Also, had the actor explain that one, Wolf, asshole. Who uh, it was not I, has not I, been in that many films. Nobody, nobody can explain paycheck except for the title. <laughs> like that, that is I, yep. the title yeah. of the movie says it all. It's perfect. They, they were just like, hey, yeah, your uh, agent's pitching this to you. It's it's called paycheck, and he's like, yes, I like paychecks. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. I like money. Yeah, I like money. <laughs> um, you want to go to Starbucks? <laughs> yeah. Why are they about blowjobs right now? <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah. I, I I can't think that I don't think that the Batman movie is going to be bad. I don't, I'm not confident that it's going to be great either. Like it may not rival the Nolan trilogy, uh, but honestly, like if nothing else, if they just did the warehouse scene, like some riff on like what they did in the warehouse scene for like two hours, I'd buy it. You know, you know what we're not going to get in the Batman bat nipples. He never gave the trigger to a citizen. Swear to me. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to get that. That's probably not going to trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Get the trigger. Where's the trigger? <laughs> That's what it was. Where's the trigger? You'll have to see yoga hosers to get that one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's, well, I mean, you could watch the Nolan trilogy too, because the voice, the voice, I mean, it's kind of its own parody. At that point. I don't think there's quite anything like listening to Harley Quinn Smith and Lily Rose Depp trying to do the, <laughs> the, the Christian Bale voice, though. Excellent. It's pretty beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I, I definitely have to watch this movie. Clearly. So, um, on that note with The Flash, too, though, the actress, and and forgive me because I didn't post the link and I don't remember her name, but the chick that's going to play Iris, oh, yeah, she yeah. commented mm-hmm. on um, on Rick's departure as well and said that while she's disappointed that um, he's going and he was kind of one of the key reasons that she wanted to do this film because she was in Dope as well, Yeah, um, she remains optimistic, optimistic that she's going to be able to portray Iris how she feels it needs to be that, done. That sounds like a hedge a little bit. Like, yes, I'm going to do a good job portraying Iris, even if the movie is a clusterfuck because Warner like, Brothers won't. Be so that was that was kind of her thing. Is she was like, well, me and Ezra, like, we are we're going to honor our commitments, and this is what we're going to do, kind of a thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Like that's that's the sense. I don't know. I just I really get the sense out of the DC properties that there's way way too much studio meddling uh, going it, on. It, it's hard for me at this point to believe that anybody wants to remain on board this this film. Maybe Ezra yeah. Miller because I think it, it is probably in a good vehicle for him to like actually break if out. If it's good, it could be like his big his big hit. You know, thing, like he's but... been in some smaller things. He was hilarious in Trainwreck, but I haven't really seen him in anything other than that. Yeah, yeah, no. So. All right, so let's move some uh, a brighter spot. Uh, Wonder Woman. There was a new trailer for Wonder Woman this week, and I gotta say, I really fucking like it. Me too. Did uh, you I've, watch it? I've watched it like nine no. times since. Bryce didn't watch it. We were watching yeah. something else on TV, man. I, I read through the dude. Things. The trailer's been I out since like Wednesday. Well, yeah. <laughs> if not Tuesday, I mean, I remember I, I put it in the notes earlier in the week. I'm not the most informed uh, fan of these things. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so let uh, let's break down a little bit of it. Uh, number one, the opening shot when they're 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 uh, on the island. God, I can't even. Uh, Themyscira. Themyscira. When they're on Thermoscara, the opening the, shot when you no see R, the, the, the Themyscira. 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 
Fuck it up every Thermos time. is what you drink out of. I know, and that's why I want to. <laughs> is it like the mascara? Mascara, mascara yeah. is what you put on your, your it, yeah. eyelashes. Is, is it like the, the mascara, like in all but one word? But with like a, a, a portmanteau, it's thy yeah. mascara. Now, oh, now thymascara, th- yes. thymascara, thymus. Th- thymus. Now, now I think it's just thymus. You guys thymus. are saying it too much. I'm that whole semantic satiation. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Thymascara. So, uh, yeah, that came out, and it was really cool. Um, so, anyway, when they open it up, they're, they're clearly shot from Themyscira, and you can see um, uh, what looks to be Steve's plane going down, and then there's this shot where she dives off the waterfall. Holy fuck, is that gorgeous. Like, the whole scenery, yeah. the the way that they shot that, it is just a absolutely the, breathtakingly good shot. The cinematography of this film, and, and I mean... I might be speaking way out of school here. Since we've seen three minutes of the movie. Yeah, like, it may not end up... I'm gonna watch it right now. It okay. may not end up being being everything that I think it is. Um, but honestly, the, the cinematography looks every bit as beautiful as uh, Fury Road. The, the colors and everything else that are involved in it, like Ooh. just the way everything's put together. It's like, exciting. It's it's really exciting to me to see a movie that comes out in full color. Like, right. That, that's one of the things that I think is most striking about this is compared to Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman. Like, th- this is like, it's like <clears throat> seeing color for the first here's, time practically. Here's what's scary. BVS had twice the color saturation that Man of Steel had, and it was still dark as shit. Yeah, that's what she's going to say. It was dark the whole fucking movie, though, so you can't even tell. One more time. All right, so we're back. Um, we actually left for a second. We were met talking about the Wonder Woman trailer, and it turns out Bryce hasn't seen it, and uh, Bryce needed to see it, so we made I fixed that. Happen. that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, having seen it most recently, your thoughts? Oh, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, right? yeah. The right? cinematography, yeah. it absolutely fantastic. So I'm not wrong. No, not at least, not at a least bit. for the, the three minute trailer that we've seen so far. Yeah, totally. Like it was, it was almost like, uh, I mean, not as colorful as Avatar, but like that sort of bright clear really characteristic. well yeah like just like especially compared to the 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 movies that we've seen in the dceu so far like just really well saturated i feel like, like there's dark yes. spots in the trailer but they're they're treated like dark spots and then the light spots are treated like light spots which i think yeah. is the entire thing that's wrong with the cinematography and, and Zack snyder's two uh first attempts and yeah. again yeah. just my opinion I don't want to sour anybody else's opinion because I'm right. trying to be a better person than that. Yeah, and as you were mentioning the the cliff dive, though, like, oh, man, that was gorgeous because the shot, you know, of course, it starts... The shot is essentially at water level, so you see up to her diving off the cliff probably 100 feet above or something, and you also see her go down below the water in the same shot. It's right. just It's just, yeah, yeah, well put together. There's another cool little piece that follows immediately after that, which is um, we see this sort of bullet time shot... Um, uh, the 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 one of the riflemen I think that it crashed with Steve or something like that shoots at one of um, the Amazons and you mm-hmm. see this bullet time shot and I didn't really get this on the first watch I thought that was like oh okay cool effect it'll show us what happens but what uh, I think that effect is going to be used as in the movie and we kind of see a little bit a bit of it more sprinkled throughout the trailer is that's how she sees the world like that's how she's seeing the bullet like she's watching the bullet go in that speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and that's you know like we see later on in the the trailer which she's fucking badass where she's deflecting all the bullets with her bracers um, like i think that's what we're seeing like she one of the uh diana's 
um, chief characteristics is like her superhuman speed, which is one of the things that, you know, like if you go read her wiki, she's got superhuman speed and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's the way that we see that happen in this movie. I think that bullet time shot is going to be used to portray that strength. Yeah. And I don't think they're ever going to have her portray speed like they do in the comic books where she's, I mean, not quite at flash levels. I don't think, I don't think she's probably even as fast as Superman necessarily, but, um, I don't think we'll see, see that. Um, but the she's fast enough book, to block bullets with her bracers. Yeah. The mm-hmm. comic book purist in me, like the only thing that I can pick apart about this trailer, and this doesn't even really make a difference to me as far as my overall enjoyment, is that uh, Trevor is the only man to have set foot on the island of Themyscira. Yep. And in the trailer, we see that there's very obviously like some invasion army on their shores. Right, Normandy style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a D-Day <laughs> type, type invasion on, on the shores of, of uh, Themyscira. Presumably, I mean that could be completely yeah. wrong as well, but I, I assume that's, that's probably that's where what it looked like. Yeah, where it's gonna where it's gonna take place. Um, but I don't necessarily think that, that detracts from the story at all. Like even even the comic appears to me is like, hey, you know what? Not a big enough deal to get considering off about. what we've got from the DC extended universe so far. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like yeah. that's that's not gonna be like Batman level kill or Batman killing people levels of like going away from and the even comics. That I didn't care about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. That was that, I was just part. like, he's still the better Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, at the end of the movie, we were still like, Batman, fuck that guy up. You know? Yeah. Like, nice. Yeah. Clearly the best yeah, character. Yeah, there's, Come on. like, uh, you know, Eisenberg fucked up a guy, too, but it was, turns out it was just Lex Luthor that he fucked up real bad. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. His character portrayal. But, you know, then again, I, I'm not even sure I blame Eisenberg for that so much as, like, why would anybody cast Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor? Yeah, because that's kind of the one role he plays. I mean, Jesse he can Eisenberg. do he can yeah. do different stuff. He's yeah. not a bad actor, but it's like picture Lex Luthor. I don't know if I can say that. I mean, it's yes, not anything not like actor, Jesse like, fucking Eisenberg. This is this Eisenberg. is what he does. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, that's he's kind of he a doesn't niche have actor. range. Like he um, has his character. Now you see me. If you've seen that one, like oh yeah, movie, he's kind of the same. He's still movie. Jesse he, Jesse Eisenberg. He reads lines well as Jesse Eisenberg is what he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And hey. It's done well for Melissa McCarthy. And I... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> and I fucking love Zombieland. I mean, come on. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Mm. Zombieland's one of, the, one of the better movies, I think. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. So anyway, the, the Wonder Woman trailer, though. The Wonder Woman trailer is just really it's solid. Phenomenal. I thought. Like, it's phenomenal. It, it gives me a lot of hope for the movie. And you know what's sad about this is... Much excitement, yeah. What's sad about this is uh, when the Man of Steel trailers were coming out, I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking great. And then, you know, I, I like Man of Steel. Uh, admittedly, I'm one of like four people that like Man of Steel. Okay, not really. <laughs> that one's like 50%, probably I, I'm, 60%. I, I like maybe. it, too. I yeah. just don't... There are problems. There are, we acknowledge there are problems. I think right. with the movie Man of Steel, I think ultimately there are fewer problems than there are with Dawn of Justice. Yeah, Dawn of Justice yes. is like story-wise. Totally, totally. Like, Dawn of Justice, you know, same thing. When that when the trailers for that were coming out, right up until trailer two, when they, when they let out Doomsday was going to be in the movie, that was when they totally fucked up. But when we saw the first one, I was like, "Oh yeah, that looks cool too." And and honestly, the thing the thing to, that we need to look about look at as well is that like this movie, like Dawn of Justice, as much as we're like, "Yeah, it has these problems," some of those problems, Eisenberg not included, might end up being addressed in in future installments as well. Because one of the big problems people had with Man of Steel was, well, there was just so much destruction; mm-hmm. it seemed mm-hmm. unwarranted. And then, it, as it turns out, like that actually plays a huge role in Dawn of Justice, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, so it's a big part of that. It's yeah. it's one of those things where we want to have an instant opinion about it, which is a result of 
how connected we are via See, the internet and everything else. Like it's all instant gratification. Everybody, I, I, I remember arguing with people on the internet about this because that's what you do these days. But everybody had a big, huge, major butthurt about the destruction level in uh, um, Man of Steel. But that was one of the things that did not bother me in the slightest. Like this is this is Clark on his first outing, and he's going up against Zod. Like there's no way that's going to be a clean, you know, like right. You know, yeah, th- no. he he has zero experience. He's had two fights at this point um, yeah. with other Kryptonians, which is also sort of like uh, uh, we're we're going into the heavy hitters for for Superman's bad guys. Um, so yeah, I had zero problem with that even in the movie. I said after watching the movie, well, I really hope they address that in a future installment. But like, it's completely believable, completely realistic that the first fight that they had, Clark wasn't perfect. You know? Right? Mm-hmm. No, like, and he's just figuring out his. Not just figuring out his powers, but he's just figuring out how to utilize them in a violent way because yeah, he's never done fight. that before. Yeah. Well, like Feora says, like when they they're fighting in the IHOP, which is a funny scene. But when they're fighting in the IHOP, she's kind of like, like no, like I'm I'm born and bred for this shit. Like you're a farm boy from Kansas, essentially. Like yeah. she didn't say that, but it, I mean, it, it was essentially like she was genetically created to do that one thing. Yeah, and trained mm-hmm. from birth to yeah. just fucking fight people. Yeah, and uh, Clark has. Uh, basically just been in his first fist fight like right literally his first fucking fist fight happened probably about three minutes ago on the screen because he's never fought anybody else because if he flicked them they would die yeah mm-hmm. well and that that kind of dovetails into the podcast i was talking about earlier it was it was chris hardwick talking to rob zombie um which was a super cool interview because they've been actual friends for over 20 years like not just like he's Dude, a guest on weird. the show well hardwick used to work for k-rock back in the day before oh, he was okay, singled gotcha. out and all that kind of stuff and um so he got to know Rob Zombie in 95 is when they was when they hooked up. Like, mm-hmm. just to highlight it, like, Zombie was on tour when he got married a few months back. Mm-hmm. He flew back. Him and Sherry flew back to Los Angeles, went to the wedding. The next day they flew back to meet up with the rest of the tour. Like, he, he wanted to be there at, at his wedding and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's like he was telling um, Chris Hardwick on that podcast, and I, I, I relayed this to Bryce earlier, like, not everything is relevant to its time when it comes out. Like, in the 70s, when you said you liked Star Trek, it was an open invitation to, to get your ass kicked. Yeah. And now everybody, mm-hmm. like, goes to watch the newest Star Trek movie that like, comes out. Like, nerd is cool now, yeah. Right. Um, See, I kind of think that's a sign of the times a little bit, because there's a lot of shit like that. Like, there's still things on that level, like, uh, that you... Um, just can't admit to liking like without being made fun of or whatever and it, it also sort of travels and uh, depends on what social circles you travel in but like you know, that's something that's very different about today like uh um everybody i think just seems a little bit more open to that kind of doctor stuff doctor who is one of those things for me because like it's it's so cheesy oh like, yeah the, the effects and everything else are, especially like, compared to like the early seasons i, I want new knew who that is like i want to not like it because of how cheesy and shit is, but like when I think of of memorable um, lines being delivered in in a television show, like I think of either like um, the Doctor's daughter episode with Tennant when he was when yeah. he freaked out at the end of that episode when because he, he was going to kill the guy and then he was like, "No, I won't do that," you know that yeah. kind of thing. Like that stands out to me as like one of the more solid performances I've seen on TV or mm-hmm. any of the more recent Peter Capaldi speeches because. That it's, dude can fucking act. It's kind of funny because um, Doctor Who is sort of like this cavalcade of really good British actors uh, uh, surrounded by people dressed up in shitty latex costumes. <laughs> it's weird. It's like a reality show. Like, we put seven different high-end British actors in this movie full of latex rubber 
and yeah. strange robots that say one word. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who, first off, when Doctor Who really came out, it was like they had zero budget. They were like, you're making this shit sort of like whatever. You know, like I'm not sure even how it's it like got a high school stage BBC. production. Like, yeah, it, it is. Literally, if you go back and, and watch shit. New Who stuff, it is like the the high school level production values and mm-hmm. it's a little bit better as you start the new who series um but not really comparatively to anything we have you know in the states a lot of the times which is kind of funny to me because there's so much talent that's come out of the series but anyway that's a huge fucking digression kind of but not really like yeah. it's it's all relevant yeah to the um the dc and the in the the kind of hatred that the DC movies have gotten lately. I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense right now to a lot of people, but maybe it maybe it does later on. Like, maybe this is, like, oh, I, Warner's magnum opus, and, like, by the time we get to Justice League Part 2, like, everything makes sense. Uh, BVS oh, is never going to be a but, great... BVS is not going to be a great movie for me, and there's not enough... They can't retcon it enough to make it a great movie. Right. But, um, you know, like, I think we were talking about Civil War the other day in the same respect. Like, Civil War makes the rest of those movies so much better. No, it was Win- Winter Soldier. By the time we hit Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier makes the entire rest of the Marvel Universe look so much cooler um, because they did a lot of stuff where they made a lot more things make sense like that. So I totally think that Justice League could be the one that sets them right or even Wonder Woman could be the one that that really turns the ship around for DC. It's um, it's weird because I think that uh, Scarlett Johansson's role as, as Black Widow was in Winter Soldier what it could have been in Iron Man 2. Yeah when they introduced her character yep and it just wasn't and i think part of that is because obviously you have egos involved not necessarily with robert denny jr because i think he's been a a fucking total team player in all of these movies so far but like you get mickey rourke in as as whiplash and like that was probably some of the worst casting that that's happened in the mcu as far as i'm concerned because that movie wasn't that great and i think it was probably because of his shitty Russian accent, yeah, that had some major story issues and, too, though. And well, and that was that yeah. was the second piece of it. Is this the story issue? Just was kind of like, eh. like because really nobody at any point thought that Tony Stark was actually going to die. No, that that was kind of its its biggest thing was like he's supposed to be battling this horrid whatever because of the the element that he used in his in his yeah arc reactor, but that. At the end of the day, that was going to get fixed, and everybody knew it was going to get fixed from the time that it became a, a plot point. Yeah. Right. So, um, but I think that's I, exactly my point, though, is I, I think that's what Wonder Soldier did well, is they, they, they told a cohesive story, and they brought in a quote-unquote secondary character that ended up being elevated to a lead. Mm. Yeah, see, what's interesting to me about that, too, is that um, they brought in Scarlett Johansson, who's just gorgeous, and uh, put her, put her <laughs> next mean, to... that, that, that aside, yeah. yeah. Calm, calm yourself. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. I'm going somewhere with this. Oh. Uh, they, they set her next to Chris Evan, who is also just a beautiful person, and, and <laughs> they... They didn't even kiss. Like they, they, they actually did. had. They did. They did. They kissed once, but it was well, it was contrived was like, because they were trying to get away from precisely like, crossbones. <laughs> you, uh, you know, you kept waiting for this. Like I was I'll the whole it. time I was watching that movie up until I like I don't know, know whose lip scarlets are on. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a solid move. Actually, there's probably a website for that. Anyway, um, you, you watching the movie, and I thought uh, probably like a lot of people that okay, they're putting Scarlet or they're they're putting Scarlet. Uh, God, what's her character? Black Widow. With with Captain America, that's an odd fucking pairing, dude. Um, and I think this probably even could have almost completely passed the feminist test. Just about the oh, Bechdel, yeah. the Bechdel, yeah, the Bechdel yeah, test. One. Mm-hmm. Two women. Well, there's got to be a second woman, though. Is the thing? 
two women are on screen are talking about something that's not a man. I that's believe. true. That's or true. His, and I don't his, know yeah. that there was. No, sure. there was. No. Kobe Smulders was in it, and they were in there together. Okay. Were they talking about Captain America? Not Captain America. I think they were talking about Nick Fury and him not being dead. I don't know, but yeah, not that's close enough. Like it wasn't like a love interest kind of thing. But anyway, it was like, hey, like, I thought he was dead. I'm not. I'm not really yeah. a huge believer in the Bechdel test being the 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 way that we measure femininity in the, or <laughs> feminism in, in movies or whatever. It, no, it's certainly but, a, I mean, an you, outlier. But yeah, what I'm saying though is when when you put Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow, as the leading female role, mm-hmm. she is literally oozing sexuality the entire movie. But it can still almost pass the Bechdel test. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But see, there's nothing that's, romantic that for was, her at all. That was bad in there. That like, was one of the uh, gorgeous things about the movie, yeah. though. Is it, it did not? I mean, they very much could have gone really, really. You know, like, you know, like we're we're gonna put Scarlett Johansson and have her stick her tits out, and that's gonna be how we sell this movie. Um, but it wasn't like that at all. Like, she she was no, just very little marketing in those at all. <laughs> which is that, kind that's of a bad. Thing, that's actually but, the sadder <laughs> thing was like. Um, well, I mean, like the Baywatchisms, essentially. Like th- th- her character was not like a Baywatch level character. Like of like she had a real important role to play, and it wasn't really based around the the sexuality at all. Well, um, and that's one thing that hasn't changed with American pop culture is that like if Baywatch, here's the thing: if they make Baywatch action figures for the upcoming movie, I guarantee there's action figures for Zac Efron and, and The Rock. Probably very few action figures for the for the the women in it, and it would have been in the same way if they were to to have done that with the TV series. There would have been David Hasselhoff action figures because I think you know Germany just produces those because <laughs> <laughs> some of them come with whiskey, some of them without, you yeah. know, that kind of a thing. But ultimately, the only reason people ever watched that show was for tits. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't even actually see nipple, but like you're just like, oh, look at him bounce. Yeah, like there's no other reason <laughs> to running. watch the show right now, but those are hot chicks <laughs> bouncing down the beach. Yeah, but running brawless. But mm. but none of them would ever get royalties for action figures because they just wouldn't do that. Yeah, see that that's actually the action part where figures don't bounce. Yeah, uh, that's actually the part where um the whole you know as much as I praise Winter Soldier for having Scarlet not be there just for sexual purposes uh, that's kind of one of the the downsides of the um, level of feminism is that uh, she doesn't get action figure but that's not even on the Russo's you know, that's like, just on Marvel entertainment oh, yeah, no, and like, Disney entertainment you would think you would think that with the way the Russo's treat her in the movies um, she would get better placement but it, it is just sort of one of those like yeah. there 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 is still a little element i hate to say this word cuz it sounds so dipshitty but patriarchy you know like there's a little bit of that God when it. The, when it comes to the uh um first off i'm not gonna go like full, i'm not gonna go full <laughs> retard here but uh there is some element of that still like where um she she should have a prominent role she should sit sit on the shelves next to fucking hawkeye at least no i mean uh, this but, is this is still yeah. very much a man's world quote unquote and like that's at, at least for stuff like this for yeah, stuff we, for we like need, action heroes and whatever we um, need to shake that a little bit before before everything's all said and done that's, but no I joke think we're making progress that's one of the reasons i'm super excited for wonder woman to come out is because like it it could definitely do that. Like I this doubt be the Steve the... Trevor figure action figure is going to sell more than, than, <laughs> than Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah, actually, that that may be how you know we're fucked. Like if 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 uh, the Wonder Woman movie comes out and all we have is Steve Trevor action figures, you know, like, <laughs> which is just basically generic Army Man number three. Oh, we're um, we're gonna make toy stores great again. Okay. Yeah. 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 All the, men, manly we're the, toys. We're the best Steve Trevor figures in the world. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think comic book movies in general are doing a, a big thing towards feminism, though, just because they, they really like their strong female characters. We are getting there. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, for sure. Uh, that's, 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 I think, I, I think we got success when, when we stopped saying we need a strong female character in this movie. Like when it's just a thing that happens, like you, nobody says we need a powerful white guy, you know? Well, like, and that's the thing, <laughs> that's the thing that I think Winter Soldier did so well. What we're lacking. <laughs> at least me as an audience member, I wasn't looking toward the Captain America sequel going, you know what? I really hope they have a stronger female lead in this one. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? No. Like I got Captain America and I was like, holy shit, this is a great movie. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, oh, I didn't realize that Scarlett Johansson's character had that much depth in, yeah. in, in the MCU so far. Yeah, totally. You know, and then Joss Whedon tried to expand on that a little bit with Avengers 2 and got fucking totally shit on for it. So, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, well, that, I don't know. Anyway, we, we, let's get back on track a little bit. Yeah, we're not we're, even talking about Marvel yet. We're two bullet, <laughs> uh, we're two bullet I mean, points into the show notes and we're in the middle of the DC section and somehow we're talking about Captain America. So because it's fucking fuck. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last up in our DC category, because um, that's what we're talking about, believe it or not. Um We've got Tom Cavanaugh, uh, Tom Cavanaugh, who plays, I don't know, like nine characters on the Flash TV show, uh, talks about what it's like to play yet another version of a character on a TV show. Um, um, I, I this, article, say, this article rings even more true now that I've seen this week's episode of The Flash as well, uh, because it's the first episode where we really get to see the, quote, HR version of, yeah. of Wells uh, in full capacity. So Tom Cavanaugh, be- Tom Cavanaugh, fucking hell. <laughs> Tom Cavanaugh uh, talked about what it was like to play another character on uh, The Flash, and um, it's interesting because we finally get to meet that character this week a little bit more than we have in the yeah. previous episode, and he totally does play a different character. So, uh, Tom Cavanaugh's fucking amazing. He's a gem. Uh, Just adorable. Bryce, have you watched any of The Flash? No, I haven't. Fuck off. So, no, seasons sorry. one and two. No, no, tell me, seasons tell me. one and two are now on Netflix, right? And they are, and they're. Good. I recommend them just for the Tom Cavanaugh role. Okay. Anyway, like he plays Doctor Wells. Mm-hmm. Um, the first season he plays Doctor Wells, sort of. Second season he full on plays Doctor Wells, and then in this season he's playing a different version of Doctor Wells from a different Earth that they brought over to to help them out because okay because second season Doctor Wells had to go back to his own Earth and but didn't he, want to leave them without a Wells of their own. He's oh, he's God. legit played four different characters on the show yeah. so far in three seasons. So, so, and so this is amazing. like multiple Ricks and Mortys is what we're talking about. Kind of, but not, not a, necessarily not on the entire, same vein. Okay. But a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Kavanaugh rules. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, is so good. Did you ever watch, was it Chuck? Was that the show he was in? Mm, he was no. in Scrubs for a while. Was he? I mean, he plays, he plays, hey, brother. Yeah, he plays uh, 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 JD's brother, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah, Ed, I remember JD's brother. Ed, Ed. Yes, that's Ed. the show he was in. It was Ed? I oh, knew it was. I knew it was one yeah. of those yeah. first name only shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, either he was, that or Roseanne. He he was the main character in Ed, <laughs> and that's who Tom Cavanaugh is. And okay. he's he's yeah, fucking brilliant. Like I, I know who he is. Yeah, I haven't seen him do a bunch of different characters, but that sounds like he's got an on screen presence that is amazing on its own and then when you put him in with uh god what's his name who plays cisco valdez yeah valdez uh can't remember his first name ramon Ram- no, no that's, that's his character in the, cisco character ramon. In the show um <laughs> shit um carlos carlos Valdez. yeah carlos yes. Valdez. when you put him on screen with that guy like they just totally 
vibe off of one another and just go nuts. <laughs> uh, nice. No pun intended. Honestly, like that's what like that's the only nah, way I can really describe just that. Just own it. Yeah. yeah. It's and when when you actually watch the show, you realize that that reference is a little too on the nose. But uh, <laughs> that's fine. I since I haven't, I don't get it. So, but yeah, no, um, definitely watch it. Like when you're right. done, you, you said you're mid Jessica Jones, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. then you're all once you're done with Luke Cage, then you can actually move on to something else. Iron Fist, maybe. Well, yeah, it'll probably be out. Yeah, well, yep. finish up before March, maybe, <laughs> yeah. and then and then you can watch something else. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, honestly, the... as as superhero shows go, the Flash is like one of my top like you have to watch sort of shows like, it is kind of my number one yeah i it, it almost wants a qualifier because the netflix stuff is so good right now but it yeah, is it but is the one but that you I, can binge those in a weekend yeah like, that's this one thing. on a weekly basis like this is the show that i have to watch yeah basically um all right so now the world on. series is over i can actually do that too <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's talk marvel uh deadpool deadpool loses its composer um we talked already uh uh, God, what's his name? Fucking Miller or something. Tim Miller. Tim Miller. Tim Miller left Deadpool. Uh, he was the director and one of the big forces in getting Deadpool number one made. And it turns out he took Junkie XL with him. Um, yeah. This is an odd move, honestly. Um, it, and it's kind of one of those petty bullshit Hollywood things that happens. Because apparently Junkie XL was only involved in the first Deadpool because Tim Miller brought him into it. And yeah. he didn't feel right continuing after Miller left. Even though I thought the score to Deadpool was one of the things that was a huge strong point in it. And I don't understand why you can't do that just because the director changes. They're very obviously not going to bring a director in that doesn't have the same vision as, uh, Rhett Reese and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So I don't, I don't get this move very much either. Um, but I think junkie also did wonder woman or at least her theme, not positive, but which is, as we all know on the show, this is not my favorite piece of, of, composition but i actually i actually really like i actually really like so um but anyway uh yeah i don't i don't quite get this one I, either unless he felt like unless it was like a moral like he felt like tim miller really got dicked over which would be sort of an interesting sort of meta story um yeah. it seems weird to me that, that that he's dropping out too here's the thing with the wonder woman score all right i don't hate the music necessarily i hate the over usage of it in donna justice because it was like every time she was on screen and i don't think that necessarily has to happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's fair. The golden lasso that glows in the dark isn't a big enough fucking hint. Like, I gotta hear the... Like... Yeah, I don't know. I really dug the theme, especially in the trailer. It, yeah. it only really gets used at the end of the trailer, um, but I, I dig that tune, so... I, I I didn't hate its usage in the trailer. Like, yeah. I thought, I thought was, the trailer was, was brilliant, so... Perfect amount, yeah. 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 You can have um, it once, you're good. And I think that'll probably be the big thing for Wonder Woman too. I don't. I don't think as well. I mean, um, I don't think they were probably going to have you know like that on on the speakers for you know say ninety minutes of the movie or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that, that that would be my hope. <laughs> All right, uh, let's start casting news for Defenders. Um, we've got Jessica Henwick uh, playing Colleen Wing in the Defenders. She's uh, also going to be playing that in Iron Fist. Did we discuss this? We might have even discussed this before because I, I think she think got cast did. for Iron Fist, um, which we may have talked about, may not have. I, I, we haven't talked a ton of Iron Fist. Yeah, yet. I have this weird sense of deja vu about this, but that's probably just deja vu. Could be the beer. It, it could be. It's a it could beer. be. Um, it is a good beer. Mm. Um, anyway, she's going to be in Defenders too. Yeah, kind of excited about I'm excited about all facets of the of the Marvel Netflix properties. We talked about this via yeah. text earlier. I don't think yeah. we talked about it on the show at all. But interestingly enough, um, Daredevil's coming out on Blu-ray pretty quick, which really? is the first Netflix series that I've actually seen 
uh, released on physical media of any kind. Yeah, I'm really... So, so that way, if you're still on Netflix by mail, you can then get Daredevil. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's why they're doing it right there. That yeah. has to be it. Yeah, if you, um, if you didn't opt for the streaming option. <laughs> like, there's like, I don't know, seven people... You live in like Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Like on their If you farm live in rural Oklahoma, you probably have Google Fiber, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, th- that is a weird piece of news, actually, because um, I don't see why they would do that. Like, the uh, only thing you had the idea, I think, you said yeah. it's got to be contractual. Like, I would assume it's probably something that, that Disney slash Marvel was like, hey, yeah, we'll do this and it'll be like a Netflix exclusive series, but like, we got to have it available for sale somehow. It, it like and and it makes it passes the smell test a little bit because we're post we're a year past yeah I think. well over well yeah. over because and, because our first episode was based on season one of Daredevil and we're sixty one episodes in and we haven't even been doing it every that's week a good point yeah so we're almost two years past probably year at least probably I mean Marvel's got to have that other revenue stream coming in too because look are they getting paid per time the show's viewed on you know like I, nobody knows how the netflix deals work so yeah, <laughs> no actually that's one of the other interesting things about netflix basically nobody even the show runners creators etc do not know how well their show performs like they know right. whether or not their contract gets, gets renewed but they don't have raw numbers that says like yeah. the show's been viewed you know seven bajillion times or whatever yeah. So yeah, that and that that it's in itself is sort of an interesting thing about the way they run Netflix. But yeah, I was really surprised to hear that they're getting a they're actually going to put one of these things on a physical thing. Yeah, because Netflix is so uh, tight lipped about how their politics work and stuff like that. It's one of those things that like, man, I would love to not have to buy this thing on on Blu-ray because I would just assume that if I have Netflix, I can watch it anytime I want to. But if if the day comes when it gets pulled, I'm kind of going to be pissed at if I don't buy it. You know what I mean? Like, See, and I'm not a big physical media guy anymore because I think it just creates clutter. But well, and also, what if you're what if you're going on a plane ride? Like, you can't stream Netflix necessarily unless you're paying the extra Wi-Fi fee right. there. Like, right. it, you want to have a copy maybe that you're able to put on your laptop. I have and... to assume that they they just looked at this and said, "Well, we sell our sub for I don't know, is it nine bucks a month? It's, it's 10, ten bucks a month now, I think. Yeah, yeah we yeah, sell like our bucks. sub for ten bucks a month." Or you can buy the first season of on Blu-ray for forty dollars. It's not even forty bucks. It's actually one of the relatively less expensive ones that comes okay, out. Okay, let's like, just I say it's like twenty-five. Bucks. Let's just say it's twenty-five. You can you can either buy the first season for like twenty-five bucks, or you can have two months of Netflix and watch the entire run of the show so far. Plus everything else they've done. I have to assume that they're way. just looking at this and saying, "Yeah, uh, you know, it's not going to hurt us really." You're like. No, people this isn't going to prevent this isn't going to prevent people from Here's, subscribing and it's and you, you know like another me. weird revenue stream from collectors and what have you. You get people like me cuz I'm like, yeah, I'll own that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. given the option, I'm not going to actually pop the Blu-ray into the thing unless my internet's down. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it looks cool on a shelf, but when it comes down to it, like I'd never play <laughs> they, w- D- they will are just sell not a thing that's, I use. That's yeah. all there is to it. They know it'll sell. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's it's things like uh CBS or was it CBS or NBC that that uh Constantine was on. I don't remember. NBC. NBC. So that just came out on Blu-ray within the last like three weeks, and yeah. it literally is like forty-five dollars for a thirteen-episode season that oh, got canceled. God. Yeah, it's a, the... it's ridiculous. So that See, doesn't make sense to me. Uh, no, that's absurd. Uh, Daredevil is actually at least affordable, in my opinion, as far yeah. as what the season costs and whatnot, and a good show. And it's a good show. Like <laughs> it's not. It's if I spent money on it, it sat on my shelf, and I watched it twice in the entire lifetime that I had it, it'd probably still be worth it. That's fair. So, all right. Um, Chris Claremont. Um, yeah. So Chris Claremont, if you're not familiar, uh, 
is basically responsible for some of the best writing of X-Men like in the run of the the the, the property. I'm going to try and get him on the show actually. I've talked to him before and he's a he's a really fucking cool cat. So dude, that would be honestly, um, I'd probably shit sweet. myself a little. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to I'm definitely going to try and get him on. But uh he he actually weighed in on the current state of the X-Men um, in comic books as it stands right now and basically he said the same thing that uh we've been saying yep which is uh you know if x-men was a property that was owned by disney slash marvel they'd still be putting a hundred percent effort into it and it'd probably still be the flagship title of marvel comics but because it's with a rival studio they they're just like eh, whatever yeah you uh, could you could feel a little bit of uh the like not animosity but you could tell like like i'm not mad i'm just disappointed because like he's put a lot of effort into these characters over the years the x-men is something that he's known for like it's yeah his run on uncanny is probably one of the most well-known writer uh comic book roles mm-hmm. people can think of like days of future past chris claremont yeah you know um he was in the movie for fuck's sakes yeah like <laughs> Who was he in the movie? Uh, when they, when uh, Boulevard Trask was trying to sell his shit to the Senate, like a, as yep. to why it was okay, like he was one of the senators, like he, the bald dude that was oh, up there, like okay. that was Claremont. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I ran into nice. him, it was it was actually really cool. It was two thousand thirteen, the first year they did the Wizard World Comic Con in Portland. Okay. And I'm kind of like I was in on the creator side of the convention center, and we were we were standing there talking. Uh, the wife and I, and then uh, my older daughters, we were trying to figure out where to go next. And I hear this dude talking to Natalie because she was, you know, seven months old mm-hmm. in a stroller. And I turn around and it's fucking Chris Claremont, like just striking <laughs> up a conversation with, you know, my child that can't speak yet <laughs> awesome. and whatnot. And so I, I had a little conversation with him there and he was, he was a cool dude and, and whatnot. So, um, and I respect his opinion. That's this is one of the things that we've been talking about off and on over the last. I respect it even more because it's basically our opinion. Like, if, if, I mean, if Marvel and Disney weren't, uh... and he's still directly tied to Marvel in some way, and he yeah. still is just like, hey, man, this is this is this is what I feel like this is. I, I mean, it was fairly a diplomatic yeah. way of putting it, but it's kind of bullshit, and I think that's kind of what he was getting at. Like, well, from a business standpoint, though, it it also makes sense because you know that they're getting a lot more publicity from the other titles because of the movies. They're getting a lot more people thinking about those titles because of the movies. And they know that yeah. the X-Men movies just don't do that well. Well, I think that was the thing. Like he was kind of like, uh, um, you know, are we going to write really great stories for a rival company to come and And, you know, yeah. that's, yeah. and that's where the real money is. Like as much as we love Marvel and DC for their comics, they, they make their fucking money in the movies. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, no matter whatever, you know, what sales rebirth did, they, they probably made more from BBS in its first I, week. I, I think the days of comic books <clears throat> generating revenue for comic book companies is probably done at least as we knew it in the nineties. No, they're like uh, a hundred percent. They're like a t- I mean, they're like a testing bed at this point for movie ideas. Like, I, we've, I think I've mentioned this number on the on the podcast before, but like uh, for Bryce's benefit, like uh, Green Arrow mm-hmm. when they did Rebirth, it sold ninety thousand copies, and they had to put it into a second printing for the first time in the history of the Green Arrow comic book. Yeah. In the nineties, Age of Apocalypse, all that kind of stuff. When that uh-huh. was happening, if a book for Marvel sold under three hundred thousand copies, it was in danger of getting faxed yeah so that's, that's crazy yeah that's we're, we're not gonna see those numbers i think again unless it's digital like digital i can see like if i mean it's print media in general though i mean it's it's not just 
comics. Yeah, but per here's se. here's the thing about print media, and I didn't think about this until just recently, and somebody pointed it out to me. Print media, um, pertaining to like music and things like that, like when a when a uh, a band came out with a new record, mm-hmm. like you only knew about it because of whatever media you you happened to read. Like if Neil Young put out a new record, it was in Rolling Stone. If a punk band put out a new record, it was probably in some fucking shitty twenty five cent, uh, self published you know, punk magazine or something like that that, yeah, that some kids put together and whatever. Shit, yeah. And so in the absence of print media, like you look at, um, and Zombie, Rob Zombie pointed this out, like if you look at iTunes, if you look at uh, Apple Music, anything like that, when it tells you like what's popular, like Jay-Z and the new Rob Zombie album are right next to each other and everything looks the same. Like there's nothing that differentiates anything from us. So we don't have that sense of, of individuality and like I'm only looking at this because this is what's relevant to my interest. Right. I'm only looking at this because this is all I have. This is this is what we have now. No, we and have it, everything at our fingertips. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it's like as much as I hate fucking magazines and shit like that, I realize now that there was probably a point to them at one point in time. And yeah, it's like, just been replaced by the blog. I mean, and even now replaced by blogs you know, are so past generic. blogs. Like, well, it depends on what you're reading. I mean, but blo- blogs have sort of. Um, I I think magazines really kind of got killed by blogs, and now you're getting sort of um, specific niche websites. Um, you know, like we we post links to all all kinds of different sites that you know uh, would have been magazines ten years ago. You know, right? So well, and and our our show is living proof that fucking everybody on the opinion on the internet can have an opinion. Like, yeah, definitely. It's not just Even like a shitty one. Yeah. It's and, and not just writers people. that, that have Especially a beat job for whatever magazine you're reading or, or anything else. Like everybody has a chance to hey, get their opinion heard. I went to podcasting school. I don't right. know what you're talking about. Right. Did you get a degree? I get a well, degree in podcasteroni. But that's the thing though, is like, yeah. it, it really is a matter of like, sounds uh, like a BS degree. <laughs> It, it's like creatively speaking, I mean, though, like I love this show. It's one of the things that I look forward to doing every week. And as much as we've been doing it for a year and a half now, and like we're just now starting to see people that listen to the show that we don't know. It's a slow burn, baby. We're growers, not showers. <laughs> well, but that's that's just it, though. Like I, I would rather do it this way than have to sacrifice anything we do on a weekly basis to try and get our numbers oh, yeah. up I mean, like, you know what i mean like we're yeah. living in the bill and ted fu- or not the bill and ted but the win garth future like th- that is essentially what the, the anyway this I is a huge Reebok digression money. yeah we do <laughs> that's what i'm saying um <laughs> it all comes back it all comes back to wayne's world though all right so let's talk our next piece of news Still um, a career. this isn't a piece of news but we've gone over some things like this before and what we have here is a link from heroichollywood.com um we, one of those are we not going to talk about the inhumans real quick okay we want to yeah sure so uh, on a related note to the Chris oh, Claremont yeah, interview, because one of the stuff. one of the points he brought up was that the Inhumans are are replacing the X Men in the in the visual media, and he's not wrong because that basically like the first thing the first time I heard about Inhumans, I was like, so X Men, right? Basically yeah. mutants, right. yeah. Um, so on a related note, Kevin Feige has announced that uh, the Inhumans may very well happen in Phase 4. Although, Kevin Feige is a little bit out of touch and thinks that if the Inhumans happen, it'll happen on TV first. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I don't know, I think they might be doing that on TV already. It's like, Feige fucking, there's four seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Like, somebody... <laughs> three, somebody of what, three of what you have to do with Inhumans. <laughs> yeah, somebody should have probably passed this guy a memo at some point. Yeah. It, it's a little disturbing or a little sad because that, that gives you just how much of an inkling uh, the, uh, 
Feige as as like the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe runner wants to have the Inhumans in the movie that it doesn't even know that it's happening in the TV show. And that also gives you a little bit of a, t- a touch of an idea about how completely unimportant the TV show property is I kind of feel bad for Jeff Loeb when I read this interview because I'm just like, really? Because Jeff Loeb is doing it right. Yeah. Trying to do everything he can. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has improved drastically over the last four years. Like, oh, I every think it's only getting better. better than the last. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, are they doing that? I don't know. Maybe. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, he can't even be bothered. Yeah. Yeah. And That's I like Feige for the most part. Like when, when the MCU first came together, like Feige was kind of the, the glue that held everything together. But now it's just like, I think he's getting a little Guggenheimy for me. You know, I, I won't go that far because I still think Feige has talent. Um, but I'm a little upset. I'm <laughs> I mean, a little, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad that, uh, like there's he's has literally this much disinterest in the tv show property that um that he and just I don't know. doesn't know he's not sure make like, me and it'd what's be, going on with that story i don't know i, I guess know. it'd be even sadder if it was like uh i don't know th- this seems a little high school teenage dramery like like almost an intentional dig like if this isn't an, an intentional dig then like I'm really surprised because that's sort of like human interaction 101. Like when you're this dismissive over something that, you know, lots of people put a lot of effort into. Um, it's a little sad that he doesn't even have kind of an inkling of an understanding what they're doing, given his position in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Anyway, I don't I don't see Jeff Johns ever being at a point where he's like, you know, I think they're doing that on TV. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't really. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to talk about the next thing. That's from Heroic Hollywood, and that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe superheroes ranked. Um, so, so this is funny. I, I have to interject. Like, <laughs> I didn't read this when I posted it. I just threw it in there because I figured we'd go through it on the show, right? Yep, yep. We Eddie and I talked and, about it, and Bryce was looking through it, and he's like, "Oh, this is about individual superheroes." And I'm like, "No, it's not." And he was like, "No, it really is." And, and I was is. like, totally "Yeah, you is. know what's so. funny is when I was when we were sitting here on the couch before the show, I was saying to Bryce." It's really funny when Matt puts stuff in the show notes that he didn't even read himself because this is not what this is. So I changed it really quick. So anyway, we got a rundown of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel kind of like your brother-in-law a little bit when I do that. Yeah. Like I just post something on Facebook and don't read it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes chaps you David, if you're listening, fuck He's me. not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He's not sorry. Yeah. Um, no. All right. So at number 31, to give you an idea where we're starting, then we'll skip ahead a little bit. Number 31 is Quicksilver. He's the uh, least cared about character in the MCU, and I don't think they're wrong, especially because he gets entirely overshadowed what? by. Uh, oh, yeah. Some of the coolest scenes, though. Yeah. He, he gets in, way not overshadowed. In the MCU, in the Fox series, in the X Men series, yes, because he's a different Quicksilver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True. We're talking about the. the uh, God damn it. Uh, what? You didn't see that coming? Fuck. That's... Blonde guy from Kick Ass that died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was very, very highly dismissed. Yeah, number 30 is Mockingbird, and that's, uh, she doesn't even really get her name in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and she was supposed to be in a spinoff that got totally axed. So. Which is too bad, because honestly, um, number one, she's super hot. She is. I like her. She um, was also in the running to play Wonder Woman when they're going to do a TV show. Yeah, she, she actually she, she she did, did the, the pilot. pilot. Yeah. yeah, she was Whoa. Wonder Woman in the pilot. Um, but that was another, like, the suit looked like a fan-made production, too. And I really liked her in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I thought Bobby was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, that. she was cool. So, um, Number 29 brings us to Deathlock, another character from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I never really cared about Deathlock at all. Honestly, was hoping he would come back and do a little bit more, because I really liked him. He played Gunn in the series Angel. He showed up in, like, season two of Angel, mm-hmm. um, and he was good in it and honestly wasn't bad as deathlock he was what that show started on like he was in the pilot yeah you know like getting powers like that was his his intro 
And then, like, we saw him in, like, a few episodes, and that was it. Yeah. So. Number 28, Quake. Uh, that's Daisy Johnson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I kind of want her to go higher in this list just because I like her character a lot in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I haven't seen the rest of the list, so let's see how wrong right. we are. I think if this was done a year from now, she'd be much higher. I think you're probably right. Uh, Scarlet Witch is number 27. I think um, Elizabeth Olsen's boobs need to be at least ranked higher than, than <laughs> six yeah. or 27, we've, I guess. We've got a pair of superheroes who are underrepresented. War Machine. So now this is the one where I, I'd put Daisy higher than uh, War Machine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, War Machine War- so far hasn't necessarily been that. Honestly, if you want to talk about Bechdel test and feminism, like War Machine is basically playing the, the classic sort of damsel in distress to Tony Stark's Iron Man. You're not <laughs> wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, number 25 is Elektra from the Daredevil universe. Um, this is probably fair, considering yeah, all she's... the other characters that are out there. I liked her in Daredevil season two, though. She was very good. Yeah, she was awesome. Uh, number 24 is Odin. Uh, that is uh, as in Thor's dad. Um, Would have put him below Quake for sure. I would have put him probably, probably a lot higher Scarlet because Witch. they're digging kind of deep, like like Thor's dad is is a character. Well, I mean, Odin from from I mean Thor one. I don't really think he was in Thor two much. Or no, he yeah, was a he little wasn't. bit, but I mean the the point is he's basically furniture in both of those movies, except for he's played by a phenomenal actor, so he's a lot more he noticeable. Told Thor but, he couldn't be king in in the first one, and that was about the extent of his importance. Yeah. Uh, number twenty three is Lady Sif, um, also from Thor. She's also been in Agents of Shield. Uh, I would also definitely put her below at least Daisy. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Twenty two Ghost Rider Robbie Reyes on uh, Agents of Shield as well. How is he above Daisy? That's kind of my thing. Yeah, that's really well. Actually, I kind of I, almost I get that one because so far, fucking Ghost Rider is awesome. He's in phenomenal. Agents of Shield, but I also think Daisy is too. Like yeah. that's my thing. 21 is Gamora. I, I think she's get higher points just because she's in a movie. Probably, and, and also because she's Uhura as well, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Know. Definitely Daisy higher. I think this is going to be the story. The, the list is how I would put Daisy higher than everybody else. <laughs> i definitely put her higher than Drax because she acts Number 20 is a Drax. lot more. Yeah. Oh, no joke. Uh, Dave Bautista, not the greatest actor in the world, but surprisingly better I, than I thought, I and I bad. really like. I think he's he's only coming into his own, and I, it, the, his, the, the, he looks f- much better in Guardians too. What we've seen from Guardians yeah. two makes me very hopeful, and it's an, an interesting style that he puts the character to. Yeah, so. number nineteen is Jessica Jones. Yeah, um, I love right. this line. Jessica is a hard person to really love, and you're not wrong. No, but I think Kristen Ritter is amazing as yeah. Jessica Jones. So And Jessica Jones is phenomenal as well. So, yeah. okay, 19, I agree with that. That's Number fine. 18 is Luke Cage. I, I would also probably put Luke Cage slightly above Jessica if Jones. If those two were flip-flopped, it'd be fine. But I'm fine with the way it is. No, yeah, so Luke Cage is such a beautiful black man. I mean, come on. you got to put him ahead of her. You've got to. <laughs> That's your uh, So, Mike Coulter, I'm going to Instagram you a picture of Bryce just so you can keep an eye out for him and yeah. you know, go the other way if you, you see better him. better believe it. <laughs> Except for it's Mike Coulter. If you saw Bryce coming, you'd just break him in half. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. true. That's true. I mean, let's just forget Luke Cage for a second. He's a I big could, dude. I would feel so safe in his arms. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's just we we know who the little spoon is here. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, number seventeen is Probably. Daredevil, and the the rest of this list better be fucking amazing if Daredevil is number seventeen. It's it's not though. That's the thing. Like I someone, haven't been through but, it all. Okay. I, I don't know how Rocket Raccoon gets ranked higher than anybody because uh, yeah. Rocket's pretty awesome, but better than Daredevil. Does he his get bonus twos- points for being Bradley Cooper? Because I think that's probably why he's sixteen. Probably Groot. Also, Groot. Groot is another great character, we but Groot, Groot should not but... get bonus points for being Vin Diesel, though. In fact, that should put him near the end of the list. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, Vin Diesel's awesome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, Star-Lord comes in at number 14. Honestly, he probably should be in top 10. Like, that would be my... I would put him in top 10. Like I said, I got to see the rest of this list, but so far I'm not digging it. 13 is Hawkeye. Uh, this is actually probably a decent place for Hawkeye. I think actually Hawkeye in the MCU has gotten kind of, uh, I don't know. He's I'm been gonna, kind of meh. I'm going to go back to an old favorite. I'm going to say Daisy should probably be higher than him. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think so Star too. Star-Lord should at least. For sure. Mm-hmm. Black Widow at number 12. Um, I'd probably put her in the top. I'd, I'd put yeah. her in my top five. Higher, I'd yeah. put her in my top five. Higher. You know, these, these Much five. higher. <laughs> top two. Uh, <laughs> number 11 is The Punisher. Um, yeah. That's fair. That is totally fair. Uh, he manages actually to outshine most of the Netflix properties, so uh, I, I'd, I'll give him that. Number ten is Ant Man. Um, Ant Man hasn't been my favorite. Uh, I actually You've liked him a lot better in Civil War. <laughs> well, because that's the one where the Marvel, the Marvel. Um, I don't know. I, oh, I want to say at this point, uh, Marvel movies were getting a little bit formulaic, and uh, that's you the mean, one where I think it shined through the it hardest. Was Iron Man. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, number nine is now. I have a suit. Now yeah. we're in a battle. Number nine was Falcon. <laughs> uh, definitely wouldn't put Falcon this high on the list. Sorry, no not way. even close. I'm, I'm going to say that I like Anthony Mackie. I do a lot as Falcon, but I think he's probably more like 15. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Number eight is Spider Man. Uh, you know, as much as I love Spider Man, he's had literally first. about five minutes of screen time. So. I need to see his movie. Yeah, first. I yeah. would say he hasn't had enough uh, screen time to rank number eight at this point. Number seven is Vision, um, also way too high on the list. Yeah, although... As much as I love him. V- Vision is pretty amazing, and I'm I'm surprised how much I like him, uh, given that he's barely been in the show. pretty fucking but, amazing, but... Yeah, I was I was. I kind of like, I kinda like the What Was Thor Doing video, and they're like, Vision, I, I wouldn't have thought you would have known that one. Yeah. 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 Uh, number six, The Winter Soldier. I can't argue with this, actually. This is fair. Mm-hmm. This, is, yeah. this is absolutely fair, because I think he's probably one of the most underrated... Uh, characters in the MCU, and so for them to rank him this high on the list is pretty amazing to me. I wouldn't go so far as to say he's underrated, but I would put him high up there just because he was one of the characters that I didn't give a shit about at all in Captain America, and has just turned out to be an amazing uh, addition to the MCU. Black and Panther? Black and Panther, Man. yeah. Uh, also hasn't gotten nearly enough exposure, I think, to deserve such a high rank. I would say 11, 12, though, would be fair for him, yeah, because he's yeah, no. badass this is still in, way too in what high. we have seen. Yeah. Number four is Thor. Clearly, it's Fair. fine. I, I, I agree, it. and it's not just because of, of Thor, because even though I can't remember for the life of me what the Dark World was about. Oh, we, we still... <laughs> yeah. I this can't is, either. This is a recurring theme on the show. Like, <laughs> we've probably even seen it again since the last time we they, talked about this, but... They, they had the ninth Doctor as a weird elf dude. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you've seen Ghostbusters... Chris Hemsworth, like, <laughs> he should yeah. be in the top four on anybody's Chris list. Chris Hemsworth is a golden god. Hey, that guy went out the wrong door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, number three god. is Hulk. Uh, yeah, no, fair. The Hulk actually, um, the, the only disappointment with the Hulk is that he didn't get another movie. Not yet. He's going to be in Ragnarok, though. Yeah. So we'll see We'll see what he does in there. See, like, I just, I think Planet they can pull Hulk, the Hulk maybe? in for mm-hmm. a, a whole Hulk, movie man. of his own. It's We're not doing Planet Hulk. It's definitely There's not going to happen. screen time for Planet nah. Hulk. I think we're going to get the aftermath of Planet Hulk, but we're not going to see Planet Hulk. Except for, <laughs> I didn't even like, think we're going to go that far. I, nah, I would be surprised if they did some flashbacks. Uh, I, I, see, I'm kind of thinking that Planet Hulk is not a thing that's going to exist in the MCU, but I guess they could because they're branching out a little bit more with Guardians, and obviously Thanos is the big bad and whatever, but I'm not holding my breath. Number two is Iron Man. Wow, who the fuck are they putting at the top of this list? Because I, I mean, that was my first year one America. Yeah, yeah it's got to be Captain it's America. It's, it's Chris Evans, but... 
I don't know. I would say probably as far as character wise, I would put Tony Stark above Captain America. I don't know. This is a hard one because as much as I love Iron Man and and everything that Iron Man's done for the MCU, um, yeah, I don't know. That that's really a coin toss. What? Oh, okay. I just I must have skipped ahead too much. No, no. It, it's a it's a thing where you have to get yeah, through this yeah, before yeah. you get to number one. So but, here's here's my thing. Um, I to this day still tell people that I don't like to be handed things. Uh huh. I have never said language to anybody. <laughs> Not since I was like four and my mom swore once. And nice. it wasn't because I didn't like bad language. It was because my mom sounds fucking stupid when she swears. So, <laughs> Yeah, obviously bad language is not a thing we have a problem with the whatever show. Um, so honorable mentions, Nick Fury, Agent Carter, Agent 13, Maria Hill, Coulson, Howling Commandos, The Warriors 3. And our number one pick is, of course, Captain America. See, I would, Agent I would say Carter Coulson. should have been on the list. And oh, Coulson yeah. should have been on the list, probably above some of the other people that we have. Coulson on the list. was in, has been in so many more things, and he's been such a more central character, especially with agents. Like I, I kind of feel like again, he's like the redheaded stepchild of the MCU. Like, Agent Carter, low rated as her show might have been, at least had a fucking show for twenty six episodes, which is a whole lot more screen time than fucking Odin had. That's all that's I'm a saying. Good point. Yeah, 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 exactly. And Coulson was prominent in every Phase One movie. Like and he was important to at least part of the story. So there are several characters that, like barely had a line, you know. I mean, come on. Yeah, Lady come Sif. On. Lady Sif had zero yeah. lines compared to Coulson. Like if you just look at it on a scale. Yeah, uh, it it is very small in comparative. Uh, anyway, uh, do you think Lady one... Sif got in there because of the feminist side of things? No, I don't think so. Because Jane Foster wasn't even mentioned in honorable mention. <laughs> See, but Jane Foster's not a hero at this point at all. I mean, I know she's she is not. in the comics, but she's definitely not a hero. She's not. She's a major player, but. Maria yeah. Hill's not a superhero either. She just happens to be fucking a S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Well, I mean, if you're going that direction, you could almost go, like, Black Widow's not a superhero. Like, there's really not Black as Widow much... is a superhero, yeah. though, because she's actually out there. Like... Yeah. But, I mean, so is Maria Hill, so I give, I I give them that. Anyway, number one, Captain America. Captain America. I, I, I don't think that they're wrong at this point. I mean, Captain America is definitely one of the big... I mean, my favorite Captain MCU America movie... franchise movies have been overall better than the iron man because iron man 2 was questionable at best um iron man 3 i didn't like at all really we've lost we've lost one of our hosts here uh, yeah. uh bryce is all tuckered out I'm tapping. yeah don't turn the tv on I will not. yeah <laughs> um but yeah captain america i I could give him this one because um, Captain America's movies just keep getting better, I think. I mean, it's maybe arguable whether or not Civil War is better than um, Winter Soldier. Do you but think if, if, if the Russo brothers had directed Iron Man 2 and 3, we'd be we would have gotten a fantastically right better movie? I don't know, but I think it's possible. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they would have wanted to tell a different story, which is, I think, kind of the way that they should have gone. Like, I'm not sure, like, one of the things that I don't like about Iron Man 3 is the next set of movies kind of undoes the character growth. Like, at the end of Iron Man 3, they're like, oh, I'm just going to destroy my suits because I'm more than Iron Man. And then the next movie, they're like, yep, I'm fucking Iron Man. And kind of, 19 more suits. But that was also the movie where he was like, um, sentry mode. And yeah. then just walked into the most dangerous situation he could think of and left the suit behind. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of think that I, I like the Captain movie, uh, Captain America movies better. Um, and then Iron Man, the first movie, gets tossed way up there because it is the, the beginning. Because Chris Evans is so pretty with a beard. He is. He's he's a handsome <laughs> man. Um, Bryce can have Luke Cage and I... Oh, Chris Evans. Call me. No. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so anyway... Met, and this is crazy, but... No. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, how does it oh, go? Oh, God. Tommy, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> we maybe had too many beers for this episode. I don't know. I'm just thinking we need another one before we start talking about anything else. Yeah, let's do that. Um. Okay, so let's talk about our next set of news. Uh, Matt, you put this one. Why don't you give it a shot? Because you didn't read it? Yeah, no, I didn't at all. Uh, no, um, I don't know. I've been a huge fan of The Simpsons for a long time. I don't think anybody that exists right now hasn't liked The Simpsons at one point or another. I'll admit that I haven't really watched a lot of it in the last five, ten years. It's like 15 for me. Um, but uh, Fox just renewed them for an unprecedented 29th and 30th season. Yeah. Um, what's Im- impressive about this is that uh, with the number of shows ordered, he will actually surpass Gunsmoke as far as the most weekly uh, episodic yeah, this is going to be like one of the longest running series. Shows. Series. There's ever. there's more episodes of other shows out there, like uh, some soap operas and stuff like that. And I think WWE Monday Night Raw has had like 800 and some odd episodes. Yeah, if not more. Um, in fact, it's probably more. But uh, but for scripted television. But like, scripted television, this this will break especially the in prime time. This is going to be a pretty mm-hmm. big freaking deal. Yeah, this will this will break the record. Um, I'm slowly but surely kind of working my way up through The Simpsons from when I stopped watching them. Uh, in like 2001, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not bad. It's there. The direction that they've taken is a little bit more. Uh, uh, it's not as in in good fun or in good as in good taste as it used to be. I think. Well, I mean, see, the thing about like, The Simpsons these days is when you're done 30 seasons of a show everything is a caricature of everything it started out as like that's what we have we have some you know the characters that they started out out as uh taken to their extreme most extreme limits which is kind of a danger you have in sitcoms as it is like go watch season one or two of any sitcom and then watch season eight and everybody is just turned up to 11 the entire time well the thing about it is though is like when the simpsons first came out it was considered uh risque television for its time yeah because they said hell or something a cartoon said hell and eat my shorts and whatnot. Yeah. Like, Bart was a bad role model or whatever. But, like, it wasn't... That's not what made the show popular. What made the show popular was that it was a really well-written and funny show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, one of the episodes that I watched recently, which was... Uh, granted, it's from several years ago, but it was, like... It was Krusty talking about snorting cocaine out of the upholstery of his limo. Yeah. And that's not why The Simpsons is funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Weird Al is a great example. Weird Al has remained relevant in terms of music because he keeps up with pop culture and is able to come up with funny things based on current pop culture but doesn't ever cross that line. He doesn't have to talk about snorting coke or shooting heroin or anything like that to be funny. And it's not that we're against crude humor or even even humor that involves drug use or anything else, but that's just not what The Simpsons not for me. was to me. Yeah, so, like, take this with a giant grain of salt, because, like I said, I haven't really watched anything in the last 15 years. Like, I've caught a couple of episodes, maybe in total, uh, um, altogether. So, uh, the thing that I think about The Simpsons is, like, they just had some hilarious bits that uh, weren't hilarious because they're sort of, like, out there and, like, the, you know, like, snorting coke, crusty, but, like, like the hammock district one, where they're, like, uh, do you mean hammocks? No, hammocks on third. Oh yeah, you mean in the old hammock district? Like that—that yeah. that shit's all gold. Like just just a really non sequitur thing that like um, was really re- well done when The Simpsons did it, and then like uh, oh, what's his fuck? Seth MacFarlane when he started doing Family Guy and stuff. Like he took that 
that random non sequitur stuff and turned it to eleven for the Family Guy. And I don't even know that how well that relates to the Simpsons because it's like the Simpsons did some sort of weird non sequitur stuff like the hammock joke and whatever. There's there's a million examples of that. But Seth MacFarlane's shtick is basically like, let's make a weird pop culture reference that goes on way too long. Or that nobody gets. Yeah. Like it was like everybody that ever listened to Dennis Miller. Yeah, all of a sudden wrote a joke for that, <laughs> and that was one episode of The Family Guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Every time I think of The Simpsons, I just miss, you know, and I, I, don't get me wrong, I understand that a part of the thing that I miss about The Simpsons is nostalgia, like, because it was on that at the time that, and I was the age and, and person I was when I was watching it, like, that's part of what I miss, but I, I also just don't think it's as good anymore. I, I think The Simpsons are still very relevant, and I think that there's probably still some very, very funny, like, golden nuggets in the show. Yeah. I just haven't watched it in so long, and it seems like some of the shows that I have watched that are even 15, or 10 or 15 years old, are just like, did that have to be there for this to be funny? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. You know, and, and granted, I don't write the show. And again, it's part of that whole, like, everything is not for everybody mentality that I'm trying to adopt, and, and maybe that that's, that's the case with The Simpsons now. I think that's a big part. Over 30 years, like, they've got to, they've got to span different audiences, and I think that's probably the thing, is, like, I, I'm just not probably in the target market anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's, it's sad, but I mean, when you talk about a show that is literally getting renewed for its 29th and 30th seasons... Like, you, you can't necessarily expect that to be the same thing for right. 30 years. Like, right. it, it, uh, it'd be really weird if it were, actually. Yeah, at, at the age of 38, I'm looking at, at, we're in season 28 of The Simpsons right now. So this show came out when I was 10 years old. Yeah. Like, it's obviously not going to be appealing to me for the same reasons that it was when I was 10. Yeah, I would hope not. So, um, but 12 or 13, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's your problem with that. No, I, I just got taller since then. That's yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, um, if you're a fan of The Simpsons, uh, good luck. I mean, good news. Like, you're going to be a fan for at least another two and a half years. Yeah. Um, it would actually be funny if they weren't. If they were like, oh man, The Simpsons really got bad around season 27. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Comics. Let's talk comics. Uh, New Walking Dead came out this week. It did. It did. And that's all the comics we're going to talk about. Well, misleading, but we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll we'll drop some names of some titles that came out this week. Yeah, we we'll get well, some but, interesting news. Um, but uh, ultimately, the only comic book that we read for the show this week was The Walking Dead number one sixty because it is one of the one of the comics that even during the the busy time of our podcasting season, you know, when TV's on, yeah, basically, um, we're, we're still going to keep on bone this. We're still going to talk about Saga when it comes out. There's a few books that we'll we'll talk about. Yep. Um, this was another episode another good issue like this was I really enjoyed this one yeah um, so I, I being the wonderful gracious host that I am forgot to actually read it until right before the show but I had an opportunity to read it right before the show and I really liked it like um, The Walking Dead I don't know I, I continue to really enjoy um, the, the book anyway um, especially that's interesting to me because I don't think I have followed anything this long 160 issues is a freaking lot um, yeah. and we're on what was it 160 no 160, 160. Yeah, so 160 issues is a long time, and it's really hard to maintain quality over such a long period of time, but I really think The Walking Dead's done a pretty good job of it. Um, so, yeah, this this issue follows uh, more with The Whisperer War. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one because there was... Um, I had forgotten because, you know, 
when I have to actually wait three weeks to three or four weeks for a new issue to come out, sometimes I, I forget mm-hmm. what happened. Um, but it, it was really cool following like the herd and then realizing and remembering that um, some of the Alexandria people uh, put on the faces of the dead and, and yeah. were, were ambushing the, the whispers in it. That part was neat. Um, I really liked when they were like, uh, did you say Michonne? And then she's like, Shank. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed nope. that. And uh, it, it's funny because this issue actually posited a, a, a result that I wasn't expecting. Both sides think that they're actually ahead right now. Yep. Um, which is not hard to believe, but not something that's often shown on and the pages or anything like not that. not entirely wrong either. Like once the, the, the war's being fought on two fronts and... and on each front, the opposite team is getting their ass handed. Yeah. To them, so. Whereas in in the middle of it, in the thick of the zombie herd, like and everything, the Alexandrians are are doing something that they've never done before, and actually it's working really well in terms of like guerrilla warfare and yeah and things like that. Um, on on the hilltop, things are not quite as as no, hunky dory. No, not so much. Um, and this is really all that happens in this. You you get some some uh, uh, whispers being killed. Uh, there's a little bit with Beta. Um, yeah. He's really sensitive about people seeing his face. And yes. that leads me to wonder whether or not this character is somebody that we've seen in the past before. I'm, I'm looking forward to the reveal of when we finally see Beta to find out if that's true or not. I, I am, or to find out like he's like Michael Bolton or something like that. <laughs> this is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the only Michael Bolton tune I can actually... Sing. I got, I got <laughs> nothing. I got nothing. But anyway. um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really interested in who that's going to be. And then um, at the end of the episode, we get some, you know, rather episode. You said episode. Oh, you did it too. I did it. I, I um, know. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to call you your shit. End of the issue. We got another piece of interesting thing, which is uh, Lydia, right? Yeah. Lydia um, shoots one of the whispers. Like, she's yeah, like, like they show up because they're basically like, "Hey, we're rescuing you," and she's like, "I'm shooting you in the face." <laughs> <laughs> like, here, I'll, I'll rescue you too. Click. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and actually, I don't know if we talked about this aspect of issue one fifty nine at all, but like Lydia and Carl kind of had a, an interesting conversation on the top of the uh, the guard tower, and she was just like, "Hey, uh, just so you know, I don't really love you. Like, we can still fool around and whatnot." Um, yeah. but you know I don't love you and he was like no you're lying because you just don't want me to get attached if we die kind of a thing yeah um, and he may be right but she, he's probably not I don't know man like the end of this issue kind of makes me feel like maybe he is right because she was just like this is the first really aggressive step she's ever taken toward a member of her previous well, that, affiliation that's and whatnot. kind of always been a thing like you never um, I've never really been sure and, and I guess I would say I'm still 100% sure because it's The Walking Dead but You've never really been sure exactly where her allegiance lies, um, but this gives you a pretty good hint. Yeah, um, I don't know if Nicotero directed this issue because I, you know, <laughs> it's all in black and white, so I couldn't tell. Yeah, you know? no. Um, all joking aside, this was. Uh, I, I I like this book. This is one of my favorite comic books to read. And here, the weird thing, I was never a big fan of horror comics. Oh, I'm still not. Like, I don't but, care about horror comics, really. But two of my favorite things to read these days are The Walking Dead and, like, back issues of Swamp Thing. And I've been reading Hellblazer, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the new, since Rebirth, Hellblazer. And it has Swamp Thing in it occasionally as well, because he's part of the, the overall, the first story arc and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm enjoying that aspect of it as well. So it's it's interesting to me how my tastes have kind of... 
I don't know if my tastes have changed or if I'm just a sucker for good writing. It could be both. You know. Um, See, that's the thing too. Like, I don't really like horror comics. I hate, I, I really don't watch horror movies at all. But I, I me neither. I do enjoy. But, but it, I did watch Tusk a couple weeks ago, finally for the first time. And you know, I the other thing too is when we talk about The Walking Dead, as much as it kind of is a little bit like a horror comic, it's really more of a drama. Um, same thing with the Walking Dead TV show. As much as it has aspects of horror comics and the like, uh, um, and and you know horror horror uh, sort of elements, it is more a drama than it is anything else. Yeah, and here's the thing. This is the caveat that I would give to anybody that is on the fence about whether or not they want to watch Walking Dead because they're just not into horror or anything like that. And I will say this: there's definitely gore. Yeah, I mean, if you absolutely cannot stand that, yeah, you're right. Don't, you're, don't it, watch. I mean, if that's if that's a deal breaker for you, then yeah, this is not a good idea. But if you can get past that, it it doesn't take all that long before the zombies are more of a background player because the real uh, meat and potatoes of The Walking Dead is human relations and what happens to a human in the situation that they're put in. Specifically in the comic books, it's Rick. In the show, they kind of toss it back and forth between a couple different people. Like, there's a big uh, storyline with Carol right now. Yeah. Um, Things like that. But, like, ultimately, it really is, like, if you were a human and you were put in this position, like, how does that change a human being? and Or how does that change a group of human beings that have to band together to to move along? And, And really the enemies of the show are not the zombies. It's it's other people that they encounter. Oh, yeah, yeah, So... Um, the, the zombies at this point are a backdrop. Like, any sort of... Like, they could do the show in a lot of different um, ways. Like, it would fit in a, in a lot of different post-epoch sort of um, uh, fiction. Um, and that's actually one of the elements I really like about it. I, I'm, I'm really, really a big sucker for post-epoch. I think if the the Walkers, if they go into the Whisperer War on the on the TV show, then it'll be the first time the Walkers have played an actual like major role in the in the TV series. There was a little bit when the when the walls got knocked down in in Alexandria because the fucking house fell down or whatever the yeah. the building, but ultimately that was still the wolves. Oh yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So it's, I mean that that's that's an annoyance almost. Um... Even even at that level of catastrophe, like if the walkers get it, it wasn't like we. I really fear, feared for our heroes so much as I was like, well, I guess they're gonna have to go live outside for a little while again. Yeah, and for those of you listening at home that may not read the comic book but do watch the show, um, the Whispers are a group that that are encountered after the Negan storyline wraps up, and and they're basically um, they live as walkers, like they wear dead flesh on their faces and they walk with the herd. Um, and the reason they're called the whispers is because they don't actually talk out loud so as not to disturb the the herd they're walking with and whatnot. Um, yeah, and they're kind of a nomadic people that basically just don't. There's no rules. Like uh, we talked about the comic books, like Negan uh, stopped a rape from happening um, within the whisper, uh, yeah, compound and got admonished for it because like if she can't defend herself, then yeah. fuck her. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, so good, so yeah, good. yeah. Um, this is this is one of the reasons I, I enjoy comic books. Uh, I I like the Walking Dead comic books and I like the show, but I really like the differences between the two. And I think we've talked about that probably ad nauseum on the show. But 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, but I also totally agree. Like, uh, that is, uh, I, I still like being able to enjoy both properties for different things. Like, um, it, you know, certainly very similar things, but there's different elements in both properties that I've, I've really enjoyed. So, um, and if you decide to pick up the comic books and read them and get caught up to current, like you'll realize that when Glenn died on the show a few weeks ago, the rest of us dealt with that like three fucking years ago or yeah. four or whatever yeah. it was. So it's really funny. I was listening to a different podcast today. Um, Reconcilable differences uh, is what it's called, and they were talking about the Walking Dead, uh, uh, specifically the uh, season or series, season seven premiere. What, and the funny part was they basically mirrored our discussion. <laughs> like it, it was, it was essentially like, yeah, the whole uh, thing where they had to drag the twist out another twenty minutes after waiting a whole fucking season in between uh, or a season break in between was a little stupid. And uh, yeah, it was a little gory, but I get why that. But one of the things that they had um, that uh, was kind of interesting is I had mentioned on the show what, one of the big things that was really divisive about the the premiere was the amount of gore. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people decided to not watch the show after that. And one of the things that one of the hosts talked about, which was really, really um, insightful, was that that was basically the way that they were showing how much they're tearing down Rick. Like, uh, Rick's been in some shitty situations, he's seen his friends die, but Rick has never been as completely and totally helpless, at completely at the bottom of his game, as he has been until right now. Um, um, and I think that that's important, because that's the same kind of feeling that, that that was supposed to leave you with as an audience member. I will see that point, and I will raise you this point. Go for it. The gore that we saw wasn't any gorier than anything we've ever seen. It's just it's always been walkers before. The only difference is that these were living beings when it happened to I, I really do think that has an effect, though, and I think that the way that they used it was... Um, they did that intentionally. Like, yeah. we have, we've have we tra- we've traditionally shied away from a lot of the gore when it comes to human... But do you remember the well walker from season two? Oh, yeah, that was disgusting. Right. And, like, but it was just like, eh, it was a walker. We get past it. Like, all of a sudden, it's a living person, and we're like, fuck that guy. This yeah. is terrible. Yeah. Like... It, it, it shows that we've become desensitized to the walkers and the fact that they were actually human beings at one point because we don't view them as that anymore. They're just... Which is a nice callback to this week's uh, Walking Dead issue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. TV. We got some more TV news. Hold on. Speaking Before of. we move on from comics, let's let's just real briefly run down some oh, of the new things. Yeah, we're going to do that. Go for it. Um, so just this week, we have uh, received two brand new titles from uh, Marvel. Yep. We've got a brand new Avengers number one. Yep, this would be Volume 7 of The Avengers, if I'm not mistaken. I don't even posit a guess, because I'm sure it will be. Haven't read it yet. I'm going to, because obviously this is if there's a jumping-off point, it's right here. Yeah. Um, why is it a jumping-off point? Should it be a jumping-on point? It should probably be. I mean, <laughs> it should probably be. I don't know why it sounds wrong, but yeah, th- that's definitely the case. And um, then we also got The Unworthy Thor, number one, which this is going to be cool. I'm interested to read this. Here's the thing about Thor right now. And this is going to be a spoiler, so I apologize to anybody who hasn't read it. If you're going to, whatever. If, I think if you were going to read it, you'd have done it by now. But um, our current Thor is a girl. Is it still Jane Foster? And girl Thor was revealed to be Jane Foster, who... <laughs> this is the fucked up part. She's got cancer, right? Yeah, totally. She's dying. Yes, she is. She goes through bouts where she goes through chemo and whatnot, and then it's better for a little while, but the powers that give her the powers of Thor set that back every time she uses them. Interesting. Um, that is the interesting thing so about So being about Thor, Thor is giving her cancer? Being Thor is literally killing her. No, it's not giving her cancer. It's she already had the cancer. cancer worse. 
But it's not... Yeah, it's, it's going against her therapy regimen. You know what I don't get? Like, do you think the Asgardians really haven't solved cancer? That's the thing, is like they keep offering and she refuses because... Why? They don't know she's Thor, number one. They just think she's Thor's ex-girlfriend who has cancer. Yeah. At least as far as I know. I, I, I haven't kept up on this comic book, so I don't know like currently what the situation is, but... Um, that's where she was before, and they're like, she was like, no, I want to fight this like a human, like I'm a human, and I, if I'm going to fight it, I'm going to fight it, kind of a thing. See, that sounds really like Jehovah's Witness level of stupid to me. Uh, damn near. I mean, she's willing to go through chemo and whatnot, so she's not quite there. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, no, but bro, we solved this. Like, it's just we're we're slightly more well, technological. And I don't know. I don't know that they have. Yeah. I don't know that they have solved it. And that's kind of one of the things is because the magic that makes her Thor is essentially what's continuing to kill her. Um, so yeah. who knows? But anyway, the unworthy Thor is actually going to follow uh, Thor Odin's son, as we all knew Thor as before, and it's going to be his kind of adventure without Mjolnir. He's got uh, Yarnborn, his axe. Yeah, and I'm. I'm excited. Can I, I just say, I'm still really not excited about them using Thor as a title. Um, it's not like Captain America. You don't I just get pass it. the shield off and you, you be Captain America. I get it, but like um, the the thing on the inscription on the hammer is like uh, he whosoever shall, shall possess the, the power of Thor. Yeah, um, and Thor Odinson gave that title to her basically because she was using it and whatnot, and they're like, oh, but that's your name. He's like, ah. Uh, She's the one that's worthy. It's fine. <laughs> fair. Fair point. Uh, so, I mean, if I hadn't had Thor sign off on it, maybe I'd be pissed off about it. But I mean, <laughs> So I'm over here being all pissed off, and Thor's like, dude, calm down. He's like, yeah, calm down, dude. I'm fine. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I want to read this one. The other one, too, that I highly recommended to Eddie is actually one that came out a few weeks back, and it's actually on issue number two now, and that's called Champions. Uh, another Marvel book. Um, this one specifically follows the Miles Morales Spider-Man. Um, the oh, what is her name? Why did I draw a blank all of a sudden? Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Yeah, but it's uh, somebody I can't remember. No, I can't help you out on this one. Fuck. Just left. Just fucking left. Yeah. Um. Um. Nova. Yeah. Okay. Nova's in it, and then I, I believe Cyclops is going to be joining as well. Oh, and we also have um, uh, the totally awesome Hulk. Which is, uh, I can't remember his name either. Me either. I don't know who you're talking about. This has been the most useless portion of the whatever Fuck show. me. Which running. is saying something. I'm going to find out right now. Okay. We'll be back when Matt finds out. Amadeus Cho. Amadeus Cho. That's, that was way too fast. And? <laughs> littering and. Um, littering and. I said her fucking name earlier and it. I'm pretty sure it was on mic and on the episode and I'm really fucking pissed off right now that I can't think of it but our I audience will... is never gonna hear fuck this fuck you you're gonna leave it in you're gonna leave it in you know it Kamala Khan that's her name okay now say it on mic fuck you <laughs> Kamala Khan <laughs> yeah it's Kamala Khan everybody was Kamala Khan I figured that out yeah. When I heard Matt say it, yeah, good four job. seconds ago, good job, yeah, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so basically, it follows the their adventures because in the events of Civil War Two, which is almost over, and Eddie will probably be caught up on by the time we record next time. How many issues is that? Seven. That's not that many. No, you're only a couple behind. Yeah, I could read that. Um, and you've read most of them. I think you're through four or five. Uh, probably four. So, uh, anyway, following the events of what's happened so far. Because it's not done 
quite yet. Mm-hmm. Is uh, basically uh, Miles Morales is left. Yeah. Kamala Khan is left. Uh, like, we don't Sam, want... what's his name, who's Nova, has left. And they're basically just like, well, we kind of don't want to be Avengers anymore, but we still want to fight crime, and I think we're probably better as a group. We yeah. can probably do more. And so they kind of band together, and they're their own little their own little clique. Um, I like it. I've read two issues so far, and no, I've only read the first issue. I haven't read the second issue yet. The second uh-huh. issue just came out this week. Um, but I like it. The first issue was good. I'm going to read the second issue probably in the next couple of days so I can be caught up before you know more comics come out on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll probably read it when I get home. It actually sounds like right up my alley. Um, yeah. First off, I, I really like Miles Morales, so um, yeah. that enough is probably enough to get me on board. And speaking of Spider-Man, we're also reading The Clone Conspiracy, which I gave you a list of books to read last week. There was three, and I think I read two of them. Probably not Prowler yet, right? I don't think... No, I didn't read Prowler. I read Prowler. It's all right, but it's not... Yeah, so Clone, clone Conspiracy is interesting. Uh, the Jackal's back. Yeah. Um... And we haven't really seen the Jackal in full effect for a long time, but like, uh, late 90s Spider-Man was no, all about clones. No idea. And the Jackal was a big, big part of that. There was, there was this big thing where there was like Peter Parker and Ben Riley, um, and then Kane. Kane was the first clone and he kind of was fucked up, but Ben Riley was like a perfect Peter Parker clone. And then like, there was a period of time where like, no, Ben Riley really is Peter Parker, mm-hmm. not the clone. And then they ran down that road for a while and then like... Nope, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we haven't really dealt with the Jackal a ton since then. And also, it is kind of the resurgence of Dr. Octopus as uh, a, a villain. Because he was, in in previous continuity, he died. Put his consciousness in Peter Parker's body and, like, swapped. Yeah. Like, theoretically, Peter Parker should have died with Doc Ock's body. But he was able, like, there was a remnant of, of Peter's consciousness that was able to overcome the Doc Ock brain in in yeah. in Peter's body and and take over again. Meanwhile, Doc Ock had transferred his consciousness into a little tiny robot that then uh put it in one of the new clones from the Jackal and and is Doc Ock again. So, um I kind of think that that's the I, I this is just a contrivance so far to get Doc Ock back. Was there ever going to be anything else though? Cuz Doc yeah, Ock I mean, was always coming back. Yeah, for sure. And they've made these to where they're like, ooh, they're not quote-unquote clones because we've been able to map the 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 brain waves up until the point of death. So it's literally them, you know, kind yeah, of a thing. That and, th- like, these are actually of the same genetic material. Like, it, there's... Yeah. I mean, they're trying to be really, like, they, these aren't clones. But like, yeah, in Doc Ock's case, like, they it kind really of is his brain because he... he he did the whole transplant thing, but this is Doc Ock. This is not the rest of the of the clones. But they were able to like um, filter out the disease that caused Doc Ock to die in the first place and shit like that. Yeah. Other so. big reveal: Gwen Stacy, also supposedly not a clone. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, again, I think that it's possible that they're going to go with that, but this is just basically going to be another contrivance to get Gwen Stacy back. What's weird is that they're doing it now and not when like. Amazing Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and everything else was was out again. Rival Studio, I get that. Not Tobey, um, the other guy. Not Toby. Garfield. Yeah, Garfield, Andrew Garfield. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get that, but at the same time, it's just like, man, Gwen Stacy was really popular about three years ago. <laughs> yeah, a little late for that, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everything in comics is cyclical. I mean, you're not you're not 
you're in comics you're not dead you're comic book dead so right um and there's been very few exceptions to that rule like even the one like the only buddy that the only person that stays dead in comic books is uncle ben <laughs> yeah that guy kind of had a they used to also say bucky but obviously <laughs> that hasn't even held so not even in the last 15 years has bucky been dead though like he's been around a long time yeah like they brought him back and and everything else uh professor x probably has been dead for longer than anybody else in current continuity, continuity. yeah um Followed by Wolverine, who's been dead almost two years now, surprisingly enough. Yeah, but you, again, you know that's not going to stay that way. No, and we have like another version of him. Like we've got the old man Logan version of him that's in our current right. continuity he, he's right barely now. Barely dead, whatnot. So there's that. Uh, DC side, I don't think anything really huge has come along. Um, although uh, Clark's son John beat him in a race, like legitimately. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. In one of the last couple issues, and that was pretty interesting. So excited to see where that goes. I mean. I don't see a world where we don't. I don't know. I guess they could. I mean, presumably that kid's got to grow up, even in comic book continuity. Like he's not part. Like he's got to grow up at some point. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's talk uh, TV news this week. Um, we had new Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends, Tomorrow, Shield. Didn't watch Shield yet. Oh, Shield was really good. Didn't watch it yet. I I caught up to last. No, we didn't talk about it last week because Bailey hadn't watched it. Yeah, but I I had watched last week's episode, so I'm only one episode behind so far, but. Um, and that was the jail, the prison. No, maybe we did talk about it. I think we did. Yeah, we did. We didn't talk about Legends because Bailey hadn't watched it. That's what we're going to talk about. That's true. Um, but he's not here, so let's let's talk about everything except for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I haven't seen it yet. Alright, so Supergirl first. I don't even remember what happened. This was actually a pretty kind of laid back episode, but it, it was a good win episode because he went out on the town with Monel. Okay, yeah. Still don't know why uh, he's a member of the House of L since he's from Daxum. I don't really get that either. I guess, I guess that's like their version of Smith. Maybe. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Because, you know, you're one of those. Yeah. But, um, like one of 17 million. Yeah. Like that, that's the joke. Um, yeah. It writes itself. It's, you know, more chance in Chinatown kind of a thing. Yeah, or Miller. You know, he could be like a Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I dug this episode because uh, this was the Underground Fight Club. Okay, yeah, yeah. And with uh, Miss Martian uh, being not who we thought she was when we first saw her. Although, I don't understand that because we only saw her in the, like, the last two seconds of, the, of the, the previous week's episode. So, we didn't know if she was good or not. Yeah, and we still don't know if she is. Like, um, somebody, uh, you know, I was reading the thread and I'm not really familiar with Miss Martian as a character. Other than that, I've seen her in other things like uh, Young Justice. Which mm-hmm. is a fun show. Um, it's a cartoon because um, I'm a grown man that does that. Uh, but anyway, um, it turns out she's a white Martian, otherwise known as the bad kind of Martian. Here's the thing, though: is she a white Martian, or was that a white Martian in her stead in the apartment in the last scene? Like that's that's where we really don't know. Could be because it seemed like she was a, a legit straight up Martian through most of this episode. Um, green Martian, I mean. Um, so that would be bad because we have seen a white Martian in Supergirl. Uh, season one and and no no good came of it no but uh, no I, I enjoyed this episode actually quite a bit we didn't get Jimmy in it which was um, not necessarily Fine. a bad thing but not necessarily a great thing either because it was kind of like oh no Jimmy at all well he's busy trying to figure out how to run a company since he was a photographer a week ago and who's now CEO yeah yeah um, but we do I think the next episode is going to be extremely Jimmy centric what yeah probably I mean if that's a sentence or a or phrase <laughs> <laughs> no I think you're probably right um 
Yeah, I don't know. Supergirl is uh, still watchable to me, but it's not my favorite thing. Yet. Here's the thing: Supergirl hasn't gotten worse. It just hasn't necessarily gotten better. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's. I still again because I have a four year old who loves the show. Like we watch it every week, and and I I still watch it with her and what everything. I watch it because I'm basically a four year old. Um, I'm super excited to see what Kevin Smith did on on Supergirl, which we'll have to wait. I think until probably after the mid season break. Probably. Uh, because he just... He's still filming. Like, they they have, like, tomorrow left, I think, filming. Interesting. So. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where they go with it, especially after the mid-season break. Uh, or not even the mid-season break, but the crossover. I, like, I really want to see what the crossover brings to the whole me universe. Me too, and we're going to see that in, like, two weeks, I think. Yeah, especially because, um, you know, I kind of thought that the reason they were doing Flashpoint, or a big reason they were doing Flashpoint, was going to be because... They wanted to integrate all of these universes and change some stuff about whatever. But no, Flashpoint so far has been very, very Flash-centric and only like a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of bleed over We're into not Arrow. There, though. Like, there's got to be a crossover that brings Supergirl into this reality because thus far she's not. You know what I mean? Like, she's in a different See, plane. I, I think so, but now seeing how they've handled it so far, I'm not entirely sure that we're not going to get like our crossover level stuff is just not going to be stuff like with Barry and the Supergirl uh, CBS show where like Dude, they he just to, skips though, dimensions. If they keep doing that, it's going to be so fucking ridiculous. Well, I kind of think it might be like the Earth Two thing. Like now, all of a sudden, like it's like Harry comes to visit every weekend or something like that. Like yeah, I guess there's probably that, and that's maybe the one bad thing to come out of that whole Harry Wells thing. But um. I don't know, man. I still think... I, th- I think by the time that the four-episode crossover is over, everybody's kind of on the same playing field. I, I have my so. fingers crossed for that. Like, that's what I want. I just don't know that that's what we're going to get. And also, we get more Katie Cassidy. Yeah. That's the other reason why I want the big the big thing to happen, because I really do think that they've made a big, big, gigantic, huge, massive fucking mistake cutting she's, out. She's in a band, Canary. I think, as well. Do you, do you follow her on Instagram? Like, if you don't, you probably should. I do, but I don't often check out Instagram on purpose. Like, a lot of the times, like, even though I have Instagram and I follow all these people... <laughs> Are you like me, where you, like, open it up and you're like, oh, it's just my fucking friends? <laughs> like... <laughs> no, a lot of the times it's like, oh, this celebrity took a picture of their kid. And don't get me wrong, their kid's really cute. It's just like, nah, I don't care. Most of the celebs I follow don't have kids, because it's like Grant Gustin and Willow Holland and yeah. Katie Cassidy and... Uh, <clears throat> Katie Lots is actually a lot of fun to follow. Kate, Katie Lots is super like of the people I follow on Instagram. She's probably one of my favorites because yeah. she does some fun shit with her Instagram. But whatever. Um, Will is fun to follow, except for she fucking always has to put her boyfriend in pictures, and I'm just like, why you gotta take me out of the moment like that? <laughs> yeah, it's rough. All right, so let's talk about Flash. Yeah, good episode. Yeah, we we find out that Harry this this HR Wells is he's got an ulterior motive. Yeah, the, this was funny actually. This he's basically the man behind the curtain. Like he he's he's Oz, it's, or the it's, the wizard rather of Oz. Not, it's it's Oz hilarious. Like he just like and you don't even realize he's doing it until like halfway through the episode when they point it out. They're like he's just repeating the last thing you just said. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know what he is. <laughs> no, he did have some legit contributions though. When when Cisco was like, "Oh, I can't see him," and and HR was like, "You should use your ears." Like that was legit his idea. He just doesn't know how. Yeah, like, he just doesn't know how. And and Cisco was like, "Oh, I guess I could use that." Blah blah blah. And he's like, "Yeah, do that." You know, like yeah. Um, Empire so, of the Sun, Barry. <laughs> yeah. No, he, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, Barry. 
Yeah. Um, Which anybody who saw the commercial saw that, but... Yeah. Um, anyway, I like a lot about it because, um, first off, we're getting Kavanaugh playing yet another Wells. Um, and really relatively different one. Like, uh, all the Wells he's played so far uh, have been somewhat similar. Well, I mean, unless you count the ones that he played when they were searching for this particular Wells. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, too. Which, Cab- by Cowboy the way, Wells, this is my favorite. This article talks about that. Those were all his idea. <laughs> like, he did all that stuff himself, basically. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, and uh, Grant Gustin actually posted a really cool Instagram picture the other day, which was of uh, Cisco and Wells sitting in front of the... Uh, in the in the collider, okay, yeah. uh, and Cisco was like play, playing guitar. <laughs> I don't know if Wells was singing or not, but like it was just, and I think this was probably just on like break between takes and whatnot. But like that, I was just like, you know what? That's why those guys are so good on screen together because they're doing this shit. Like it's oh, I do get that sense. Like the whole CW verse is very very um friendly like yeah like they all get along really well like um one of the things that i see pop up on their instagram for um the cw verse all the time is like the supernatural boys um <laughs> those guys they just seem like they want to walk onto somebody else's set like the uh had the last one i saw was i think a grant or somebody had posted it and they were like no this is the crossover we need you know like with yeah. the, the supernatural boys there so yeah there uh, was there was a picture uh not even a picture and I don't even know why I said picture, but like there was an article that I read a long time ago that was, um, cause Supernatural started filming during season five of Smallville. Mm-hmm. Cause he was, uh, the guy who plays Dean, uh, he played Jason Teague in season four of Smallville. Yeah, totally. And he actually read for the part of Clark for the pilot of Smallville. Like he, he was like, he's kind of been courting CW for a long time anyway. Dude, if he was blonde, if, if he dyed his hair, I could see that. A little taller, maybe. He's not tall yeah. compared to Tom Welling. But um, there's an episode of, of... He's got that jaw. He's got that jawline that yeah. fit Clark yeah. really well. There's there's an episode of Supernatural in season two that takes place in an asylum. Yeah. And like there's a scene that takes place in a, in the car, because a lot of scenes take place in that car mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot. But what you don't know is when, when Sam and Dean are talking in the front seat, like, Tom Welling is actually in the back of the car, like, under a blanket because he was visiting them on set and all of a sudden, like... They're like, we gotta shoot They were this. like, action! And like... <laughs> so... Um, they're like, shut up, Tom. I don't, I don't think the thing with the, the characters or the, the actors, like, walking onto each other's sets and, and hamming it up and having a good time, like, that's not new to the CW at all. Like, See, I think the CW is probably that network where they're just like come on over and have a beer guys like <laughs> i get that feeling too like they're, they're um at least with certain like it, i think it actually is sort of certain casts too because it's obvi- like i haven't seen any posts of like this the vampire diaries guys like you know crossing over or anything like that but um i get the feeling that the 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 cw verse shows the main cw verse shows um you know with uh, uh grant and amel and all those guys like i get those i get the feeling those shows are pretty tight-knit um and then it seems like um, I can't even remember what their names are. Sam and Dean, uh, yeah. Padalecki, and is that right? Padalecki and Jared Padalecki and, and uh, uh, Jensen Ackles. Ackles. Yeah, I get the feeling that those guys are just two really fucking cool dudes. Do you ever want to see Jensen Ackles as a really young guy? And I'm like, like not super, super young, but like pre Supernatural, and whatnot, and pre Smallville, even like uh, pick up 
uh, a copy of season two of Dark Angel with Jessica Alba because he's a main character through the whole season in it, and he's not. Damn it, Sam! Like <laughs> that's that's not him in this show. Yeah, yeah. So I I love Supernatural. I honestly I'm I'm disappointed that your wife hasn't talked to you into actually watching the entire series. It's a lot. Don't get me wrong, because it's in season twelve now. I sh- I really should because I really think that after I get past season one, like it, I I think season one is just really boring to me in the way that Agents of Shield is really boring to me. And that one of these days, like like with Agent Agents, it was the same way. Like I was like seven episodes behind, and then one of these one of the days, like I'm bored, and I was just like, well, fuck it, I'll power through it. Um, season one's that's- overall appeal is that it takes like folklore that you grew up hearing about. And, like, it's episodic, so, like, one episode is about this and one is about that and whatnot. But there's a little bit of exposition toward the main overall plot in season one. But then season two is where it really starts getting a little See, bit more that's serial. the thing. Like, I, I think for me, it was just like, yeah, get what they're doing. I just don't care. And then post-season five, there's some seasons that are not as strong as others. And that's that's hard to get through sometimes, I guess, if you're, if you're binge-watching. Yeah, but by the time you're in season five, you're kind of invested a little bit, so... Yeah, it matters a little bit more. And then... Um, Later on, you get like season nine and ten, or maybe it's ten, eleven, where you where you get uh, Felicia Day as a as a recurring character in it every nice. once in a while. Uh, this season, this season's actually the first season that I've actually stayed current on in a long time. Wow! So, so okay. Any any last thoughts on the Flash since we've been all over since, the map? Since we haven't talked about the Flash a whole lot, yeah. Um, yeah, actually. I really, really enjoyed uh, Draco. Yeah, Draco Malfoy. What's his name? Uh, uh, it's uh, not Draco, but I, yeah, I like him in this too because number um, one, I really was afraid, and I, I don't. I hope. I sincerely hope this isn't where they're going with this. I thought he was going to be alchemy. Um, I don't think he is at this point. Like it. it, it I, I, I really don't want him to be because at this point, um, they did that last season with with Jake Eric. Like they did that with him. Like. Oh, I'm the good guy, but no, I'm not the good guy. You know, like they did that already. Like, yeah. I don't want him to be alchemy. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. So, um, but I really liked where they're going with him. Like, they did some character development with him a little bit this episode, and it was really kind of funny because at the beginning he's like, "Do you really think I'm just going to open up and spill all my secrets and blah blah blah?" And then like <laughs> by the end of the episode, he's like, "Here it is, I'm opening up and spilling all my secrets and blah blah blah." Yeah, like no, I I thought that scene between him and and. Uh, Barry was really touching, actually, because he was just like, so I almost killed a kid today. Yeah. And, like, just broke down. See, that's why I don't want him to be alchemy, because if he's either, like, almost a sociopath, uh, or, like, a complete sociopath, that he could pull that off. Yeah. Or, um, you know, Tom the Felton, other side... by the way. Tom Felton, yeah. The other side is, he's actually a good dude who's, like, having a normal reaction to, like, yeah, I almost shot a kid today. Yeah. And and I loved that last piece of dialogue when Barry's like, "You want to go grab a beer?" Yeah, you know, and like they they walked off together to go get a beer and whatnot. So yeah, that was I'm, cool. I'm interested to see where this goes because like it really like at the beginning it was Barry trying to play him to yeah like not be noticed by him how as about much. I just shout at you because well, you're the best ever yeah. yeah and then at the end of it he's like you know what let's let's here's me actually being a good dude yeah to you so yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But I, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I love Grant Gustin's Barry Allen because he's just such a likable guy. Like that. That was the hardest part to me for me to is, buy. Is like, and it's and it's weird when he's trying to not be a likable guy. Like that whole thing when he was like playing uh, 
what's his name? Like Tom Felton's character, I can't remember his name in the in the show. Me either. But it was just like this is kind of out of character for him because he's not a bad dude and like that, I that's get where I he's like, I get why he's like, doing it tell me Tom Felton where did Barry touch you on the doll like yeah. he, he, obviously something's gone wrong but I just don't buy it because even Earth like Flashpoint Barry couldn't have been that much of an asshole yeah and, like, um, but anyway it, it, that, that's actually even kind of explained in the show a little bit Tom Felton's just basically jealous that Barry can do whatever the fuck he wants and he's not wrong Barry just kind of goes and comes when he wants and he's late every fucking time and yeah because he had the, he doesn't he had put the, in the homework and you know the meeting with Singh at the very beginning and he like walks in late and he's like uh stop doing that Barry exhibit A and and yeah and Singh's like well you and then just totally lets him off you you little scamp yeah yeah um it's just locker room talk which <laughs> if it wasn't our hero you'd be like yeah you're right no like Tom Felton's totally on 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 to something here that's kind of bullshit yeah yeah but it's our hero so we're like yeah you tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Sing. All right. Uh, Arrow. It's better. M- massively better than season four. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, episode two was probably its weak point for me. Um, yeah, that's fair. And then episode three and four have been have been definitely better uh, as far as that goes. Um, Ollie understands that Felicity has moved on now and is totally okay with it, at least seemingly so, which is... I'm glad they didn't do a whole like emo Barry or Barry emo um, Oliver for three weeks. Yeah, it would, it would be a little really contrived at this point. That would be exactly the type of thing that I expect them to do, and so they're probably going to do it at some point. But I really don't want them to do. So here's the thing: we've talked about all the good things that come out of the Flashpoint and the big multi-part crossover. Here's one of the bad things that come out of it. Sarah doesn't have a namesake anymore. Ollie Sarah and, died for all intents Ollie and Felicity are back together again after the crossover because they were never broken up. That's a me? bad thing that could happen. See, that's the thing that pisses <laughs> me off. Um, this is why I don't like time travel, people. As much growth as they've made over the season of Arrow so far and as much as they're kind of like listening to like the actual fans, uh, not just the shippers, it, it's sort of upsetting to me that they're like, uh, in, in social media, I keep seeing over and over again either really successful trolls from like Berlanti and Guggenheim saying, "Oh yeah, like Ollie and Felicity, they go to you know like peanut butter and jelly." Other, other than the fact that they're definitely not in any shape or form. Um, so I really hope that they don't go back down that road because Here's the thing. that was really not a good time. That was that was, arrow. That wasn't a good look for you. I didn't hate I'm how sorry. they handled Felicity at the beginning of season four yeah when she was like you know what we totally have to go fight crime that's fine yeah because that was a totally like like this isn't working for you like you don't actually cook and the neighbors are shitty so whatever it's fine let's just go do this because it's what we are yeah that was fine it was now every decision has to be approved by committee and by committee i mean felicity that i didn't like like, at some point down the line, if they decide to get their heads out of their asses and be together again, I don't care as long as it's not a focal point of the of the storytelling. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? But ultimately, my hope is that Canary comes back and Canary's like, you know what, Felicity? I was wrong. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. They, they, they and I want to say they, I mean Google's, uh, Guggenheim. Google's. Let's <laughs> we'll call them Google's for now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Guggenheim, Miracles, um, Miracle, uh, Wendy Miracle, and uh, even Berlanti now is like, um, 
Oh, Felicity and Oliver. They're made for each other and they're their one true loves and stuff like that. And they're, the, you know, the perfect match for each other. And except for the thing about their breakup was it was all about Ollie lying and, and um, that kind of shit. Yeah. Okay, so they, here's the thing. They, they didn't break up because Felicity didn't love him. They broke up because Felicity didn't love him and he still couldn't handle telling her the truth and whatnot. Like, I totally get it. And as far as characters go, like... I'd be on her side in that situation. See, I'd be on her side in that situation. But the thing is, is that they were really meant for each other. If they really were meant for each other, this wouldn't be an issue to begin with. Because no, Ollie tell you, wouldn't find it. Like, he wouldn't find the need to lie and right. hide things. So, let's just say, like, similar situations. Like, when my wife's like, uh, who drank all the beer? Uh, that's me. Like, I, I, I might lie about it, but, well, there's no really lying about beer in my house. But when my wife's like, okay. Kellen, well, Kellen did it. Yeah. <laughs> When, when my wife is like, who ate the last bagel or something like that? Okay, maybe I lie about that one. That's not going to end our relationship. When my wife's like, who had an illegitimate child around here? I would probably be like, that one I, I probably would fess up to. Like, that'd be like, you know, if I Matt, found out... Matt did it. Yeah. If I found out I had an illegitimate child, um, I'd go straight to her and be like, I had no fucking clue what this was. And she'd, she'd be understanding because, like, that wouldn't really be my fault that I didn't know about this kid at this point. Um so yeah I just don't buy it like uh, you know you, you, I think in relationships and I'm sure it's the same for you and Casey you tell white lies about stupid shit that doesn't matter um, I mean but we the don't big do that anymore you... because it, at the end of the day it doesn't matter like that's the thing about the nature of our relationship like we've been through so much bullshit yeah that it, in the past that it's just like whatever like <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean like and it, it's really only the big stuff, and we don't even, we don't lie about that anymore because it's just like it's because it matters, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's and it's not going to help either of you, like no. in your relationship. Like, so that's the part that really pisses me off. They're so meant for each other that like they can't even deal with this thing that you know, like in an actual good relationship, would be like a no brainer. And the only people that would say that Felicity and Oliver are quote unquote meant for each other are people that haven't ever fucking read a Green Arrow comic book. Oh, that's the other thing that really pisses me off about this, but, you know. Like, they're whatever. just like, you know, Dinah Lance. That's, that's, and they're not even together in the comic books a lot of the time. Like, it's because. I, I'm, like, the thing is, though, I'm willing to accept the fact that, you know, like, comic book storylines change, and, you know, I'm willing to accept the fact that they're abandoning the source material a little bit, except for they're not even writing it well. Like, yeah. they're not even writing within their own constraints well. Um, so, yeah, but stop doing that. As far as this week's episode goes. It was actually pretty good. It was actually pretty good, and I, I actually did really like it. We we saw um, uh, Wild Dog get rescued from the and clutches of of I, uh, 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 Church. Church Tyrese Tyrese. I was going to call him Tyrese, and then I remember that wasn't the right show. But yeah, uh, from Church, and we also saw that uh, he broke. He did. I'm actually really loving... Um, so this is weird because I hated Wild Dog for the first couple of episodes this season. I still hate him a little bit because he's still a little bit of a pansy. Yeah, I but... still don't like him, but this this went a long way, I think, in, in yeah. the possibility of me liking him. Yeah, I... Like, I'm willing to entertain the idea of liking him now. He's... I like the fact that they gave his character depth enough that, like, yeah, he's like, I, I don't remember really even telling him this, but I know I did, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but, I don't even blame him. But like, then, at the same time, like, the part that I don't like about him came back, like, tenfold when he was talking to Dig. And he was just like, yeah, but blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, really now you're just being contrary to be contrary. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no reason for you to actually be contrary right now. Because if you really felt bad about what you did, you wouldn't be bitching about talking to Dig about what you did. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? for sure. So, um, it did open up a little bit more of, of, of Dig's character. Uh, it's nothing that we didn't know already, but it was him at least being willing to talk to Wild Dog about his brother and, and everything like that. And I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed the episode though overall um, it, I'm still not 100% sold on Prometheus as as the big bad I really think it's going to be Tommy I fucking hope not God I, I fucking hope not yeah I, I hope not too maybe it's Tom Felton that'd be funny <laughs> that would be amazing I don't and know. He, he pulls off the hood and he's like you thought I was alchemy didn't you haha <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. fuck you Barry <laughs> <laughs> fuck you too Harry yeah, yeah. um no, okay. Uh, let's talk Legends. Did you watch Legends this I did. Week? I did watch Legends. We this did, was a hard episode to watch, actually. We did definitely talk about the Samurai episode. We mentioned the Samurai episode. We didn't actually talk about it. I don't know that we need to. Other than uh, Ray's suit gets destroyed, which was a big deal, because it's it's really what makes him unique among the crew. Well, uh, kind of see, but that's, that's they're feels. doing the Iron Man shit with this, where they're like... It's just your suit, and you're not the big deal. And it, like, it is literally the plot of Iron Man three. He's the fucking Adam, though. Is he really not going to have the suit for that long? Yeah. The second thing, I was like, "Bitch, you built the thing. Just do it again." Like, like you've got the technology on the fucking Wave Rider, like, right? Like, yeah. Did did nobody back up the plans for this? Like, there's not like you made it out of regular old Earth materials. Like, and the fucking time ship has data on everyone. Like, yeah, really. So, th- this this plot seems a little bit contrived to me just because I'm like, well, yeah, you broke your suit, but, like, Iron Man built, like, 92 of them, and let's just face it, you're doing the plot from Iron Man 3, like, you're more than the suit and blah, blah, blah. Um, the one good that comes of this is at the end of this episode, it gets the cold gun. Yeah. Let's not jump too far ahead, though, because it was, this was one of those episodes where they were, they went back and it was like, oh, we're going to Mississippi during the Civil War. And I'm like, all right, are they going to leave Jax on board because he's black? Or are they going to leave Ray on board because he doesn't have a suit anymore? Yeah. (laughs) And and I was like, this is going to be predictable. And then this episode got really fucking emotional, like really quick because of the whole um, Jax being there, being black. um, An important dude died that was supposed to be a slave that got information from the Union Army and all that kind of stuff. And and Jax ended up having to take his place. Okay, so hold on. We got to pause for a second. Uh I actually don't know why I love this show so much because it's much more ridiculous than this. <laughs> it is so much more ridiculous. There are fucking zombies in the Civil War and uh, they have to get the information to General Grant. Like, it is so gorgeously ridiculous. This was obviously the Halloween episode. It, it was, you but know? on the same hand, it's not because the last episode they went and fought fucking samurais who got raised suit and it, like... This show is ridiculous at this point. It doesn't make any sense, and I just am totally on board with it, and I yeah, don't know why that one, is. Why does Ray's suit work on anybody that's not Ray? He, I mean, seriously, he, he couldn't put a touch ID kind of like a Green Lantern it. ring, right? Like, you can't just take one off of somebody and use it. Well, I just think, like, if, if Tony leaves the Iron Man suit lying around, would, would anybody well, just be able to walk into it? And that's the thing, it? like, Ray told the dude, like the Shogun, he's like, uh... I don't know, that suit's really only made for me, like, blah, 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 but, you know, that didn't happen. I, I think don't know meant, if that was just like, fucking, I think, I think like, Ray honestly meant, like, is it what was, like, the wrong size? Like, he was like, no, I'm a 42 long, too. <sighs> and then they just yeah. puts on the suit, and it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. But, I... 
again, like they handled the zombies like they were a subplot. Because they, it kind of was, even though it was the reason they were there in the first place. They they totally did. Like, it's a complete throwaway. But then, like, all of a sudden, like, there's Jax, and he's captured, and he's captured by a fucking slave owner, and he's beaten, and right there with the slaves, and he's like, how do you guys do this every day? Like, why aren't you broken? And they're like, because that's what they want. And, like, they go through the whole... Yeah, that part was gold. It was fucking ridiculous. I was so, like, I was like, man, like... This this touches me on a level that I normal TV doesn't all the time. See, that's what's really weird about it. It's like they like um, so there's aspects like that with, that they do really well, or I thought they did really well at least. And then there's the whole zombie thing. It's like uh, you know our job is to protect the timeline, and so like you remember in American history class when everybody was like, oh, and then uh, General Grant fought the zombies. Uh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> So, like, I assume the message from the future from Barry was like, okay, guys, so the thing about the timeline is you just, you take your dick, put it right in there. Just, Be- <laughs> just and, and then stir it around. Just stir it around <laughs> until some funny st- stuff happens, because that's, that's cool. The only thing that bothered me about the episode with the slaves and everything, they're like, look at his hands. He's never worked a day in his life. And I'm like, the dude's a mechanic. Like, he's got to have, like, fucking scars and calluses on his hands. <laughs> was a, that was a little, yeah. Like, maybe not as much as, like, somebody who fucking works a cotton gen every day. Yeah, or but, he's actually in the fields or whatever, right. but he's he's not exactly like a prissy little bitch right. or anything like, like that. It's not like my IT hands that haven't fucking gotten so much as scratched in the yeah. last fucking three weeks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. Legends and, is... And I'll have you know, this is from working on a computer right here, all right? <laughs> is that a burn? No, it's a scratch. It's a scratch, yeah. Those it, cases, it, it's so cases, st- cases are rough. Dude, it's so stupid. This case has like those... Um, it's a toolless hard drive thing, right? Oh, yeah. And they just kind of stick out. And I just kept scratching across the same one when I was working <laughs> the entire time. I tend to not notice stuff like that until afterwards when I'm bleeding. That's exactly what this was. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this feels like it's been irritating me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Legends is one of those, like, I don't know why I really like it, but I really like it in spite of the fact that, like, I think the thing that I like about Legends is that at this point, they're firmly embracing their cheesiness. You can't not. I mean, they could. They could I mean, have totally gone a different direction with it. But oh, yeah, they, they could try and present it like it was lost. Or, you know, there's, <laughs> there's lots of different directions they could have gone. But I think they decided, like, we're going to go full bore cheesy. So the last, you know, in the last episode we fought, like, a mutant Nazi. Uh, we Then we, we fought the... Um, can you not be cheesy? Evil samurai. And now this episode we got zombies in the Civil War. Can you not be cheesy, though, with fucking Brandon Routh? I mean, again, they could not brand... Well, I don't know. Like, Superman... Okay, that wasn't so cheesy. I mean, even though it's Superman. But, like, then the next thing that he did that I recognized was, like, Dylan Dog, right? Uh, also... Zach this, and Mary, he was he was gay with Justin Long. Th- this isn't going to help your argument at all either, but he was also in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, see? That's just it. Like, and he was super awesome. That's what I mean. Like, can you... Can you put Brandon Routh in something and then, like, have the perception be, like, this is a hard sci-fi show or this is a meaningful fucking thing? <laughs> See, the thing is, I think they could because Brandon Routh is prob- is pretty talented, but... Um, but the character he plays he is just fucking is amazing. Not, like, he's just like, eh. Hey, yeah. good job, guys. You did the thing. And they're like, did you not notice there was zombies? Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he he is he's definitely their their boy scout. Like I also love... also the black guy died and was going to put Jackson in a really awkward position. Did you not see? Ah, 
had to pee. Like yeah. that was that was literally it's like I, I love I love that he's haircut. Like that that's actually the perfect epitome yeah. or a summarization. Yeah, and then the other character that I thought I was gonna hate when I first was introduced to him in the Flash is uh Rory, like Dominic Purcell's character as, as Heatwave. I'm just like, fuck, he's just a fucking meathead again. Like this is what he was in Prison Break. This is what he is in fucking everything else I've ever seen him in. Like, the most diverse role I've ever seen him in is, is, is in fucking Blade 3 as Dracula. You I know what I mean? And I honestly like, thought... Well, weird. I honestly <laughs> thought that uh, Dominic Purcell... Like, they went hinting through uh, season one that somebody was going to die. And I was for sure that was going to be hit Heat Wave. Yeah. Uh, not Carter. Carter died, like, right... In, 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 almost immediately. And I was for sure that was going to be Heat Wave. Me too. Like, he adds nothing to the team. But now that nowadays he's just like, kind of like if 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 Sarah's not in charge, it's kind of gotta be him. Yeah, like it's definitely not Gray because no, he we, can't make a decision. We, 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 we figured that out, and it's just and, and he, he just talks like this. I want to eat your brain, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna talk agents. Uh, this is the one we didn't watch actually, so we yeah, did. I didn't. I didn't actually watch this one. I do have to switch the laundry still. Yeah, when we're done. That's but, true. Uh, I don't know, man. Anything else? No, I, I. I think that's what I got. That's what you got. Yeah. There wasn't anything else that we tweeted about or talked about or anything like that this week. I'm sure there was, but I, I never remember anything. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So two weeks from now, Survivor Series, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's a Sunday, so you might have to watch The Walking Dead here so you might want to clear that with the wife yeah I did I did she was okay with me watching this last week's episode because they were like sort of a side plot you know away from the Alexandrians uh, with Carol and Morgan and all that um, but this this one she was like no you can't go Sunday That that's going to be the important one we got to watch that uh, so um, we were originally talking about doing the show a different day this week and that was the one where she was like no we're watching that one together yeah well there was uh, an apparent sleepover yeah. But that it got canceled or some shit. Yeah, I don't even know the details on that. I was just like, hey, see ya. And then I left and came here. Um, so next week there's a sleepover at my house, which I'm assuming your kid will be here for. Probably. Um, and if you're here all night, then we may be waiting on her when we're doing this show. show. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we want to thank Bryce, of course, for being here. Um, it if nothing else, at least we want to thank him for the excellent beer that he brought with him because he wonderful left, job. He yeah. left the show. He an tapped hour out. Ago. He he tapped out like a, about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the show this week. Um, tell us how we did and tell us what you like uh, at whatever show on Twitter. Yeah, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatever show. Yeah, like us on Facebook er, and give us all that good juice and, and also go on iTunes and give us a rating, please. Um, we, of course, are on iTunes and iTunes is probably the best way you can help promote our podcast is to rate us and share us and I so on. I challenge you, actually. And I'm not even saying give us a five-star. Give us a one-star rating. No, give us a five. But if you give us a one-star rating, leave a, leave a comment as to why and we'll probably make fun of you mercilessly. Um, or you can always reach out to us through our email. That's questions at whatever.co. Yeah. And some of you have actually reached out to us through Facebook as well. Um, we are active on Facebook. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed that uh, those of you that have sent us messages, we generally reply pretty quickly. At yeah. least we try to. Yeah. And uh, I ship us on Twitter uh, as myself, at Charles E. Smith. And so that's a good way to interact with the show, too. Um, we'll definitely talk about stuff like that. I don't know if you noticed, but half of the things that I start talking about are generally like, oh, this thing on the internet that I read. Um, and if, so if you follow Eddie on Twitter, at Charles E. Smith, 
you will notice there is nothing that's not tangentially related to the show that he posts anyway. Pretty much no. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter at the brutal one, I don't post anything really unless I'm posting as at whatever a show and I tag me in it. So well, yeah, or unless he forgets which account to log into, or or sometimes I just respond to any two and we just <laughs> chat. Yeah, it's really funny because it looks like to me it looks like I'm talking to myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is totally not something I do. Yeah, no, and and we did have some interesting conversation with some folks about the Flash director leaving and stuff like that this last week. So yeah, we're not going to ignore you if you reach out to us. It's yeah. fine. We need attention. We crave it. Yeah, that's show for this week. We'll see you later. Later.